I think it's a turducken. It is a turducken, but I got to show you how to. Oh, oh, I, I, I can't show you. I need fresh turducken. I'm going to have crazy turducken. But anyway, anyway, here's how you slice it. See, a lot of people don't know. You have to slice it down the middle. See, and then you slice it across this way, because what it is, it's a, it's a deboned chicken stuffed in a deboned duck stuffed in a deboned turkey with dressing between the chicken and the duck and the duck and the turkey. So as you cut down that way, you go turkey, dressing, duck, dressing, chicken. You know, one of the great things about your coming over here is I'm able to ask you all of these questions because for a lot of years I thought a turducken was some sort of a, you know, a foul crossbreed. But it's not. Well, it's just I mean, three I different mean, things. Yeah, yeah. It, it, well, it's, it's really five different things. It's a, it's a chicken, a duck, a turkey, and two kinds of dressings. the new episode of the Push Off Podcast. It's your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week. Get you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us, as always, it's... Dan, Scott, you are my Pat Summerall right. <laughs> oh, you're, you're making yourself John Madden here immediately. I mean, I think I think it's the most appropriate. I mean, you're, you have the nice dulcet tones, and I'm the lunatic. <laughs> in a good way in a good way there's no disrespect to john madden we love him very much um but i think he he loved football for what it is which is a violent aggressive sport full of people hitting shit um you know making big plays and and just doing doing caveman shit i think he loved it yeah. um no i think for the first time ever and like like so we're starting this off on the right foot i think it's the first time ever that news broke out the biggest news that'll probably happen this week knock on wood for the nfl John Madden's passing just broke before we started recording and not right after, uh, as it seems to do when, when we get once a week uh, times to record. Although you know that like at midnight tonight, Bill Belichick's going to rob a bank. This this is why I said that. I was like, knock on wood, something else will happen. But as, as of our recording, I, I'm assuming this will be the biggest thing. He was 85 years old. The Raiders head coach from the, in the 60s and 70s for 10 years, 30 years as an announcer. That's where me and Dan know him probably best. Uh, anyone younger, author of the famous EA video games that, uh, you know, has since they are trying to destroy. So <laughs> that's that. Uh, but Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame coach, uh, John Madden passed. John Madden is one of those guys that won one Super Bowl and his time as the coach of the Oakland Raiders, very much, you know, it's impressive. He was, at the time, 32 years old when he took over the head coaching position at the Oakland Raiders and was the coach for nine years, won one Super Bowl. Um, the Raiders in the 70s and the Cowboys in the 70s were both kind of the same team in different conferences. We were both, you know, the bridesmaids of the NFL. Hmm. Um, but he always put together an excellent team that was competitive every single time, Um the guy didn't have, he didn't field bad teams. That's the amazing thing about John Madden. He didn't field bad teams. They were always coached up well. They were always trained right. And that became kind of his mission later on in life was just 
education. Like the guy never left the NFL because he loved it, because he believed in it, because he wanted to educate people on better ways to play, better ways to do everything. There's this weird thing, I think, that happens when you watch a guy like John Madden is that you get the impression that he might be a fool. And that couldn't be further from the truth. The dude was... <laughs> he was operating at a level, cognitively, as when it comes to football, that was so far beyond what people were able to handle at home that he just kind of turned it into foolishness because he understood everything that was happening. And he's like, I'll make some fucking squiggles because if you understood what was going on in Jad Madden's head, you'd be like, Jesus fucking Christ. So Mm -hmm. he had a great gift for being able to make this very complicated sport, and football can be very complicated, into something simple that was palatable and digestible for the general public in a way that no other announcer could because he understood it so fundamentally. Um, and he was a teacher, you know, he had, he had his master's in education. Um, you know, this was a guy that was dedicated to education and dedicated to the sport of football. And I mean, that's, that's what I like, man. That's, I'm no John Madden, but shit, man, that's, that's a nice thing to dedicate yourself to. Yeah, that you're right. The one thing that, uh, I remember when he was announcer on there was like John Madden talked how like simple it was, you know, this team here and this team here, you're going to, you score more points and you're going to come out on top. And it was like, oh, okay, this guy's just kind of just talking to talk. But no, he was very smart about it. He kept doing this announcement. You you remember like him and Pat Summerall for the longest time because you brought that up. But even when Pat Summerall retired because Pat Summerall stopped paying attention to what was going on in the field and it was obvious from <laughs> like this last season. He's entering, he's like, any rebroadcast to the Dallas Cowboys? It's like, Dallas Cowboys weren't even in this game, Pat. Let's <laughs> let's click in here. Um, he went on with Al Michaels on Monday Night Football. Uh, talk about how many people uh, have been chewed up by Monday Night Football since. You know, there's not, John Madden was the guy that you could just count on. Like, uh, you know, I don't want to say he's he's the past's Tony Romo or anything. <laughs> but no, no, John Madden was, uh, he was the best in that and that's what i remember of him uh the coaching stuff was before my times i have owned many of his video games obviously everybody brings that up too uh of course he was probably the biggest voice in that early on um it's been a long time since he's done anything i think other than his name on it and it shows you know it shows i think when john madden was able to not be able to keep his focus on it. I think that's when the thing went downhill. That's just me guessing. I don't have any facts on that, but it makes sense. I mean, yeah, he was a great... The the guy has always been a great envoy for football, for understanding football, for people appreciating football. And yeah, I mean, at, at some point, the guy's 85 years old. When you're 70, you're allowed to start phoning shit in. Um, I hope when I'm 70, people don't start holding me accountable for shit. Uh, that would, I'd, that'd be horrifying. I'd hate that. I'd be like, I'm fucking 70. Leave me alone. I've been very doing- scared for Dan yeah. Wright at 70. Jesus. Yeah. No, no accountability. <laughs> Zero. I'm pooping wherever I want. Uh, <laughs> wherever he walks. Yeah. Wherever I want. Pants, in pants, out of pants, easy chairs. No, it doesn't matter. But John Madden was one of those guys that's like, yeah, I, I put my name on it. We made it good. And now I leave it to someone else to be the custodian for this. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, recent Madden stuff has been disappointing, but um, I wouldn't lay any of that on his feet. Um, I'd lay that on EA, a f- terrible fucking video game organization that does a real shit job. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. 
Um, but anyways, yeah, John Madden, uh, we're going to miss him. And uh, he, you know, over the last few years has stepped away fully from NFL football, obviously just due to age, I believe. Like you said, he was always wanting to be a part of it for so long in his life. So um, this was must have been, you know, on its way given that he was away from the game. So yeah. uh, it, it's it's still uh, bad, bad uh, news, and I assume this – weekend we're going to get a big old celebration of them most teams will have something set up the raiders probably especially even though i believe that yeah the raiders are on the road in indy doesn't matter every team will have something if not a sticker on their helmet a logo on the field you know they're going to lean into this as obviously they should he deserves it john madden was a pioneer um we lost a lot of that because he did become almost a comic book character near the end of his life but the dude was a fucking genius um, yeah. yeah, he'll be missed. And Frank Caliendo loses yet another impression he can do. It's not been a good year for Frank Caliendo. No. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's talk about the uh, – I want to start with the playoff picture. We can wait and we can hit on it when it comes up with these teams, but we might as well talk about it because a lot of teams have stamped their ticket to postseason just this week here in Week 16. We have three new division winners and two more wild cards. Most of this is in the NFC. Uh, the Packers clinched, I think, the division last week, so I don't believe anything changed there. They, they've they held on to that. They haven't clinched anything else yet. Hopefully um, not. And hopefully not, right? The AFC has a new clinching. That is the Kansas City Chiefs. Not only are they in the playoffs, they've clinched the West. Uh, not an easy to do this season. If you look at the West and the rest of that division, the worst has eight losses. There's not a slouch amongst them. So uh, Kansas City, who, you know, I, I'm looking at it like four losses here, 11 and four, and somehow I was like thinking maybe writing them off earlier. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this has been a wild season. Uh, we'll talk about it later, but for the first time ever, a team, the same team, had a seven-game losing streak and a seven-game winning streak in the same season. This has been bizarre, guys. It's been really yeah, fucking weird. Talk about my crazy stats, but I have a lot of them this week, so it's okay. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, this yeah, has that been was a just a one. fucking bizarro world uh, to watch over the past couple of weeks. So I'm, I'm thrilled. I mean, this has been a great year of football for me, especially. But yeah, let me run through the rest. Your Cowboys have clinched the NFC East. They're heading to the postseason. Uh, the Buccaneers have clinched the South. And then we've got two wild cards, and the obvious ones there in the West: the LA Rams and the Arizona Cardinals. So that's what we're looking at. All of a sudden, there's only two more spots in the NFC, and the AFC uh, is open, but it is going to fill up here starting this week. Get ready. Yeah, this uh, – yeah, it's – God, it's wild, man. It's wild. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, I know the AFC seems wide open, and and it is, but when you look at the NFC, there are still six teams – Within a shot of the playoffs? I think so. Uh, six. You could say six for the two spots of yeah. still alive, I would you, say, yeah. Niners, Saints, Falcons, Vikings, Eagles. Saints. Okay, Falcons, that's Vikings, five. Five. And, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think you could make – yeah, you can't really make a case for anybody else. But, yeah, Washington football. I think Washington, Washington just fell out. Yeah, yeah. you're right. So, so maybe five. Five yeah. in that last two spots. Five yeah. could do it. No, None of those five are eliminated. Um, Washington would need everything to go their way. They're not technically eliminated yet. Okay. 
Um, and then you're right, and then the AFC, it's a mess too. So we're going to keep looking into it. We can try to play around with the playoff calculator while on the mics tonight, but that seems difficult. Uh, so I'll leave it up to you, Dan, however much that you want to do. But I mm-hmm. think I know some of these clinching scenarios as we go through. Yeah. Uh, but keep an eye on them. Also some changes this week. There's no more Thursday night football. Thursday night football has been put to bed. Um, yeah, maybe it's a good thing. It, it saves us an extra night here. Uh, we can be with loved ones instead of, you know, studying this film like we do for this <laughs> show for you guys. Uh, and also it's never, it, it, it's always been a weird product, Thursday night football. And it ha- was all this season again. Yeah. It's inconsistent. Yeah. At best. Um, and then you got your side of everybody clinching. Now, Harris, this side of uh, starting this week, if you have an opening at head coach, you can start asking to uh, interview coaches. The Jaguars and the Raiders are the only two teams right now that can do that. Nobody else went out and fired their head coach early to take advantage of this like it was rumored. Uh, Vic Fangio happen. checking his fucking card real quick. <laughs> right? Um, you'd think, like... Uh, I wonder if um, there wasn't that big win in, in Seattle if we wouldn't have that for, uh, uh, what's his name in Chicago? for uh, Yeah. Blanking on his name. Oh, Matt Nagy. Oh, Thank you, don't Nagy. worry. Don't worry. Virginia McCaskey doesn't know it either anymore. Right, right. Right. Um, Jaguars, though. Jaguars are already giving that long list like, oh, we can start looking now. Great. Uh, they won both uh, coordinators for the Buccaneers. Uh, that is uh, Raheem Morris, who used to be a head coach for the defense corner, and then Brian Leftwich, who used to be their quarterback in Jacksonville, offensive coordinator. They want both of your Cowboys coordinators in, Kellen Moore on offense, Dan Quinn, former head coach on defense, and Doug Peterson might as well too. So Doug Peterson is one of those wild card candidates that I'm like, how the fuck is that guy not getting more love? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he is a Super Bowl winning coach that had major issues with the GM. And then you can see that, like, the Eagles haven't gotten better without him. <laughs> you know, it's not it's not like he wasn't part of a Super Bowl win. I don't get it. He's from the Andy Reid coaching tree. Yeah, I think Doug Peterson's going to get a lot of love. Obviously, the Buccaneers have done it for two years, two years in a row. They won a Super Bowl. It makes natural sense for a guy like Byron Leftwich to be, uh, you know, I worry about Byron Leftwich because how much of that is Bruce Arians? How much of that is Byron Leftwich? That's how much of it's Tom Brady? Yeah, how much of it's Tom Brady? I mean, it's not like the Buccaneers were tearing it up at the quarterback position before Brady got no, there. No, But, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you always wonder. I mean, there's one of my favorite coaches in the NFL was never an offensive or defensive coordinator at the professional level, and that's John Harbaugh. Right. right. So you never know. You never know where the next great coaching candidate is going to come from. Uh, but you know where the next great head coaching candidate is not going to come from, which is New England. <laughs> I thought uh, maybe Doug Peterson just took last year off. Like this was one of those, I'll take a year and then I'll come back and, and shop my oh yeah skills around as head coach. No, I totally get that. I'm just like, how is Doug Peterson not number one on everybody's list? If, sure. If you haven't He'll opening. be Yeah, I think these are the names. These these names that the Jaguars named out there first are the ones we're going to start hearing early on and for the other teams too. I think the Raiders will ask for most of these guys to come by as well. And we'll see. Yeah, uh, but it is an interesting turn here, whereas in the past these guys couldn't have been asked to come to interview until deep into the playoffs, right? Wasn't it like championship week? Uh, yeah, it, it was divisional. So you couldn't... Okay. You couldn't ask anybody during the wild card, but you could ask them during the divisional. I'll put another name out here that hasn't been mentioned a lot, but it's very possible. 
Pete Carroll. I'm not saying he's going to get fired, but I'm saying this could be a Pete Carroll resignation year. Yeah, Pete Carroll could could hang it up. There's a handful of people that I think they... Okay, so the New York Giants, they've come out and act like uh, but they're going to be okay with Joe Judge staying and their quarterback. Um, they're going to they're going to move forward with these guys for another year. Then I question if that means that Gettleman goes if they don't get rid of the GM. But it puts in a tough situation to add a new GM and say, "But we already said the coach's job's safe." So that's a mess there. That's a mess there. I I don't know how much you know getting rid of Daniel Jones will really help you in this this draft class year. If we're being honest, so. Okay. If you go, all right. Well, do we want to do we want to redo this again in same time again in three years, or is Joe Judge getting this team better? The Giants were devastated by injuries this year, and True. you can you know you think about the Cincinnati Bengals last year. If they had walked away from Zach Taylor, they would not be having the year that they're having now. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's that's one thing that goes in Joe Judge's favor. Yeah. So we'll see those. Um, okay. So that's what I have for head coaches. We'll keep you updated on who gets where. And then, you know, there's still a bloodbath of firings to come as we know, uh, COVID-19 isolation rules have changed for the NFL because the CDC updated theirs. So now the asymptomatic players only need five days of isolation instead of 10. This is coming right off of news that the Indianapolis Colts have gotten where Carson Wentz went on the COVID list I guess yesterday or something. Mm-hmm. There's everyone's counting the days right now, and if this goes on to effect where he can maybe come off it before this game because he is not vaccinated, then you know there was talking. They've already been talking to Philip Rivers uh, and for Indy because this is a huge game against the Raiders. They've, uh, uh, yeah, they're they're in trouble here for quarterback if this do- if this doesn't go their way. Start Sam Ellinger, you cowards. <laughs> is he healthy? <laughs> Yeah, I just thought they now. kept saying he wasn't healthy. No, he's uh, healthy. He's they, not healthy. They don't want to start Jacob Eason again. Yeah, he's the best. He's best secret, best kept secret. Uh, Sam Ellinger. Um, okay, so oh, and you know, there's others too. I heard head coach Bruce Arians just got added to the COVID list too. So he did, yeah. He might not be on the field to coach their game too. And the Bucks. And he's not. He's not asymptomatic either. He he has symptoms. He says they're mild, but he's not asymptomatic. Okay. Okay. So that yeah probably doesn't affect him then he's probably not going to be in there they've already named somebody to take his place just in case but he is super he is vaxxed up so okay if if he clears his symptoms gets negative tests if he clears his symptoms by thursday or friday and gets a negative test two negative tests in 24 hours he could be back on the field okay uh i'm sure there's more being added to this list as as the time clicks along but anyways I will we'll let you know uh, <laughs> if, I, if I hear anything more. But, geez, uh, that's that's how it works this week. If you're in a uh, fantasy championship this week or last or whatever, boy, it's not injuries. It was the COVID list, um, which is no fun. And that's the reason why I stayed away from it last year when all this broke out. I was like, well, I don't want to do fantasy and worry about all that stuff. It was even worse this year. Who's oh, yeah. vaccinated? Who isn't? Yeah, mess. It used to be like everybody's in the same boat. Now there's like three different boats. <laughs> yeah. And I don't yeah. know how it works, really. Okay. Well, let's jump into the games, Dan, because we got plenty of them. Uh, there weren't a whole lot of snoozers, so I'd like to talk about a lot of them with you. Oh, yeah. Let's jump right in. I want to start with game of the week. And you said something last week, and I took it to heart. You said, I'm, I'm starting with the games that I pick over you early. So not this <laughs> week, my friend. <laughs> Thursday Night Football, Tennessee Titans come back and beat the 49ers, whom I picked. 
17 to 20. A uh, little caveat on this one and many of the games we picked this week because a lot of stuff changed. We did some pick changing. We did some pick changing because, first of all, this one I said was in San Francisco over and over again. In fact, I picked the Niners thinking, yeah, in San Francisco. So we know Thursday night games are really dependable on where the game is played. So if you listened to the podcast last week and got confused when they didn't kick off in Santa Clara, I apologize. I look at the schedule, I write this stuff down, and I'm good for one or two of those games a year where I flip who's at home. I just yeah. It's dyslexia in my brain. But uh, so Dan changed his to the Titans, and and you, you were cra- correct in doing so. Uh, Garoppolo turned the ball over twice, even though he threw for over 300 yards this game. Uh, it was AJ Brown. AJ Brown was like, "Oh, I'm off the IR, and I want to stretch my legs." 11 for 145 and a tutty. This is what they have been waiting for all year: is dudes to come back being healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you <laughs> you know, with AJ Brown back. If you can get Julio back up to speed, ooh, that'd be nice. I mean, I know he's he's technically not injured, but Julio is always injured. If you can get Julio up to speed and you can get A.J. Brown back to being A.J. Brown and you get Derrick Henry back, all of a sudden this sinking Titans team becomes a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. So really excited for them. I mean, they still have the inside room. We talked about this a while ago. Even the Colts have been on an absolute fucking tear they still, with one more win, cinch up the division, and it's over. Yeah. So that's the crazy part, is it's like you absolutely could just have this division uh, by the end of the week, even with the Colts being as hot as they are, and the home field makes a difference. I was totally ready to pick San Francisco if this is in San Fran, but I think we talk about this a lot. Home field is worth three points, you know, and that turned out to be the difference in this game. So, yeah, this – this was very, very close, but Tennessee pulling out a close win, and Asia Brown going nuts, man. Ryan Tannehill had a very Ryan Tannehill game, and that's all you want from the guy. Yep, yeah. Um, and I think third, short weeks, the home game is even bigger, too. So oh, yeah. should have taken that. But this game was 10 nothing Niners at the half. The Niners jumped out early. They looked like, like they could have been the better team there, and it seemed like another one of these late-season Titans losses. But uh, a nice uh, turnaround, a big drive, uh late in the game including aj brown converting a third and 23 you can't let that happen and then expect to still get momentum back uh it's that's just tough to do so it was 10 17 titans in the early fourth quarter um the long debo play set up the Ayuk touchdown that was tied at 17 with 220 left this was a great game this was a very good game against two good teams that i think we're gonna see in the playoffs neither have clinched yet but they play like they, if they have the last few weeks, they'll get in. And it was um, honestly, it was Tannehill's heroics on the final drive. Yeah, Tannehill's scramble setting up the field goal was the biggest thing, and that 44-yarder was the winner. Um, real good game. So give it up for the Titans. They win a big one over the Niners. Um, it left things open in the NFC, and it tightened things up, tightened things up for the Titans in that, in that division because the Colts aren't going away. Uh, they're not going away. They're red hot too. So the Titans needed to wake up early here. And you're right. If Derrick Henry gets in there and they get in the playoffs with him, you know, even on the road, a healthy Titans team is a team to be reckoned with because they've been there. They've won some postseason games. They've been a heartbeat away from the Super Bowl, right? Didn't they take the Chiefs just yeah. last year? Yeah, they were very, very close. Game? So uh, I'm ready. Yeah, I, I, I'm ready to put a lot of faith behind the Titans if they get healthy. 
And that's a big caveat if Derrick Henry can get on that field. Now, the, we're going to talk about this later, who they match up with this week. They match up with <laughs> – they have the Colts behind them as one of the hottest teams in the NFL. And this week they play the hottest team in the NFL in the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Um, the one saving grace is week 18 at Houston. But Houston's doing weird shit, so who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Let's take that way to segue into there. Let's go to Houston. Let's talk about that game against the Chargers. 41-29. That score doesn't dictate this game, though. It was quite close until like midway through the fourth quarter. Um, This game was 12-17 Texans at the half, but a wild one to end it uh, right before the half. It was 12-10 Chargers. Texans had an interception in the end zone and hit two deep passes to get into the end zone before the half. So they flipped that thing and then kept and held on to the lead until that point. I think it was back and forth, and there was it was 23-27 Texans with just 550 left in this game. But the touchdown, pick six, under two minutes, that's what took it and ran with it. The Chargers were in this. They were trying to hang around there. But you let a team hang around with you like that, and they're going to take over at some point. And Texans, or when, like I said, I think a week or two ago, they might be the best of the worst in the NFL this year. Yeah, I mean, we talk about it a lot. Um, you've got to find out what you've got with your young quarterbacks. I don't think Davis Mills looks bad. I don't think Davis Mills needs to worry about not being the starter next year unless it turns out all the women accusing Deshaun Watson of sexual harassment are lying uh, together. <laughs> but Davis Mills is probably going to be a more custodial quarterback for the Houston Texans, but they don't have as many worries at the quarterback position as I thought they did uh, coming into this season. So good for them. Uh, the dude looks, he looks like a poor man's um, Mac Jones. I, I, I'll say okay. that. Looks like a poor man's Mac Jones. Well, I mean, when you have Rex Burkhead behind you, just tearing holes in the defense, that <laughs> the certainly legend. helps. The legend Rex Burkhead, 149 yards and two touchdowns in this one. Um, Herbert had a good game, but he, the interceptions were killer. Like I yeah. said, they, uh, pick six and then there was another, I think in an end zone. Yeah. So the worst spots and the worst ways to throw interceptions, he did that. Um, but you forgive him because he's young and can still throw very well. So that's Justin Herbert. Um, they didn't have Eckler in this one due to COVID and that was a late scratch. So it was a lot of Justin Jackson who had a great game, but I guess they didn't run it nearly as much as they could have. He had nearly six yards of carry and two touchdowns in this game, but they went away from him, I guess, just playing catch-up or whatever. But um, Oh, he and he led their team in receiving, too. Now that I'm looking at the stats, Justin Jackson had a big game for him, stepping in. Yeah, I will say this to your point about um, Justin Herbert. The thing that young quarterbacks take the longest to learn is that you don't go broke making a profit. I know we say that a bunch. Mm. Justin Herbert is still of the mind that I'm going to throw myself back into this game. I'm going to throw my way to a victory. And when you have a good running back, you've got to just play the ball that's in front of you. You can't score. We talk about this a lot. Can't score a 16-point touchdown. Can't do Mm. it. Just get the next thing. Put your defense in a good position. You know, run this defense down. Make them you know, put some body blows in there so you have a chance in the fourth quarter. But, uh, yeah, Herbert was just looking for knockouts and just didn't seem to find him. The The Texans played a nice little bit of judo and waited for him to make the mistakes. Yeah. So the Texans go to San Francisco to play the 49ers this week. The Niners need it. I need to be the biggest Texans fan in the world to 
you know, if I want my Vikings to have a shot to, to limp into a playoff spot. Um, and so, you know, I'll cheer for them. But, yeah, Houston Texans now on the road. Can they can they get some excitement here? I'll get you a number 10 Davis Mills jersey so you can you can really <laughs> root for the kid. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see <laughs> – I don't see them pulling this out. I I know, I know that the Chargers had to come halfway across the country, and probably this was a trap game. But San Francisco is not ready for that shit. Um, they are also very well rested because they played on Thursday, and they've got basically an extra couple days of rest to come after these Houston Texans. So I think it's a San Fran win. Yeah, the what I see for these teams is uh, Houston. You're you're looking for the future. And the future uh, is surprisingly not as dim as we would have thought it would have been at the beginning of the season. Maybe your coaching staff here has bought themselves a little leeway with what moves they're making and what they're going to make for the future. Because uh, out the gate, it didn't look smart. It really didn't. But now I kind of like it. Uh, and then the Niners, you got to think about right now. You got to think about right now. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a hindrance right now uh, heading into this postseason run uh, at the end here there were a couple passes that Thursday night one that was like where is he going with that like Brandon Ayuk just running open and him throwing it over his head um that's scary stuff you don't have a running game that you take the ball out of his hands like you did in your Super Bowl run two years ago uh those guys haven't remained healthy so the Niners are probably going to win this one and limp themselves in the playoffs but you're not I don't think you're going anywhere with Jimmy G so no. I don't know if you throw the kid in, though, but this is where I, you're at. I think that would be the worst thing for the kid's development is if you threw him in now, like you like have Trey to let... Lance time, yeah. Yeah, you, you kind of have to let Jimmy G eat these bullets. Um, because it, <laughs> if, he, sorry, if he goes Sorry, I just like that saying, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Jimmy. But if you, if you get to the point where you go, you, Jimmy G's not the answer, and then you put Trey Lance in and he fucks up, then you're basically saying, okay, we're sending you into the offseason with a bunch of questions about your ability rather than a bunch of excitement about what you're capable of doing, and it changes the way the team views him too. Mm-hmm. You know, if Jimmy yeah. G comes out here, because what they'd love to have happen is they'd love for Jimmy G to come out here, go through a deep playoff run, and ideally take him to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. But if that's not the case, if Jimmy G can at least put together a couple good playoff games when they have him as trade bait, a couple teams will be like, yeah, you know what, he had? he's good in the playoffs. If we can get to the playoffs, maybe he'll be good there. Yeah, it's asking, yeah, it, it's almost asking for this season to be a sacrificial lamb. But maybe that's what it is. Uh, you still make some money by getting the postseason for your franchise and you move forward and you're, you you buy yourself some more time as coaching and front office staff. I mean, there's no issues with the Niners ever since I started questioning it <laughs> earlier this season. Uh, so yeah, Niners are, we're good and we'll move forward from there. Um, I'm with the, uh, yeah, I think I'm with you too. They're going to, they're going to win this game. And then I believe that's enough to clinch one of those wild card spots if they win. Cause then that's nine or 10 wins for them and nine wins for them. Yeah. They would, um, they would clinch one with that. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about the Raiders win over the Broncos. 17 to 13. I don't have much in stats on this game because it really isn't. Uh, I got you in the picks in this one, right? Didn't you go Broncos in that one? No. Nope, nope. Changed it. This was not right, yeah. We yeah. changed that one because, yeah, no Teddy Bridgewater, which you prefaced at the beginning mm-hmm. at, during that show, uh, and there wasn't. It was it was Drew Locke, and obviously that was a good idea. Drew Locke did not have a great game. <laughs> um, Carr was okay. It was a lot of Josh Jacobs, 124 total yards from scrimmage. That was 
it was a Broncos lead at the half, 13-7, to just the Broncos didn't come into play for the second half. Yeah, I mean, this this is a Broncos team in desperate need of a good quarterback. Maybe they can be convinced to take Jimmy G? I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> but the Broncos, the Broncos don't produce good quarterbacks. They don't. They can get them in free agency, but they don't do it in-house. Um, it just doesn't happen. Um, I mean, G- even John Elway was a fucking cult. Uh, you know, you could say they developed him, but yeah, since then there's been Brian Gracie, who was fine. Obviously you have Zach, uh, or, uh, Brock Osweiler, who's a fucking travesty. And then Drew Locke hasn't panned out to be anything as a second round pick. That's a big investment, uh, to just kind of waste. And this is a bad quarterback year, but the Broncos, if they hold on to Vic Fangio, and I think they should, they are really a good quarterback away from being competitive again. Um, and, yeah, there could be three, four, five different quarterbacks on the carousel this year that would fit and improve the Broncos tremendously. But I just don't – their ability to make the playoffs this year because of this direct loss to Vegas and now being a game behind Vegas, I, it's not happening. To me, they're effectively eliminated. Oh, so effectively eliminated means – Tombstone. Oh, there it is, Denver Broncos. I apologize to drag that out of them like that, but the AFC is a murder's row, and seven and eight ain't gonna do it. I agree. Um, and you're right. The, the I think they need a quarterback. They might need to retool the offensive line too. They got 18 total yards of rushing in this game, and I think that's what seized up your offense. I think Denver wants to play it a lot like uh, like my Vikings do, where the run game opens up the offense, opens up the pass and everything. And when you can't do that, one, you can't do the other, and it all wilts on the vine for you. So, yeah, there was no offense for the Broncos in this one and just enough offense for the Raiders. It's a divisional one, so you can't, yeah, you can't say that this is how these teams are going to look moving forward, but I think Denver, without... You know, with Drew Locke at the helm, that's this is what you're going to get. So this is another failure at drafting a quarterback, John Elway. <laughs> Sorry, but it, it's piling up on you now, and they're going to be looking to fill that spot again this year, and it's not going to be easy if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come over. Um, <laughs> but I don't know how much ra- of this you can lay on Drew Locke either. Okay, you know, there's there's still some talent there. There's some talent to be had. And Do you think I, he'd be a starter? I, I don't think he's going to be a starter somewhere else, but I don't think you can say he's, like, irredeemable. This is a guy that, since he came into the NFL, has played for a defensive-minded coach. True. That's it. No one has given a fuck about his development. Um, everybody's just like, no, the defense needs to be really fucking good. If you get him into a situation where he could back up somebody in Tampa Bay, if he could back up Matt Ryan, wherever the fuck Matt Ryan goes, if he's not going to be in... Atlanta this would be a really good thing for him to learn uh, because he does have the physical ability to play the position he's shifty enough he's got the arm strength Um, whether he's got it in him at all I don't know and I actually I disagree a little bit on Denver's offensive line I don't think they're that far away they're they're hurt you know but they've got uh, Quinn Miners who was I think a really nice little prospect for him they've got Garrett Bowles who signed a huge deal and has really turned his shit around over the past uh, year and a half I, I don't think they're in I don't think they're in terrible shape. Um they just and Javante Williams, I mean, there's no reason to hold on to Melvin Gordon anymore because you got Javante Williams. You can you know get rid of that financial burden, but there is well, hope to might, be had here. We might agree to disagree then because I, I think looking at the people they brought in, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, Javante Williams were all additions for Drew Locke to kind of get 
better. Maybe he hasn't had the the quarterback whisper or the offensive minded guys in the in the room to be for Denver. Isn't Denver's offensive coordinator now? It's uh Kubiak, right? It no, is. not Kubiak. It's his son. No, that's Vikings. Um I'm thinking of uh, not Kubiak, but the Vikings had him for offensive coordinator, and then he went for the oh Shermer Giant Shermer Shermer yeah, yeah. yeah. Pat, Pat Shermer, Shermer hasn't done it hasn't done shit for anybody yeah, and since he left for the Vikings when that one run they had in 2017 that was Pat Shermer and then he went to the Giants and got fired immediately right and then, yeah that was all Pat Shermer yeah. so yeah I I don't know I think Drew Locke has had his opportunities where he he's a bust in terms of being a starting quarterback drafted in the third round that he was. Um, but we're, I think we're also saying the same thing where he'll get another, maybe he gets still a retread. He's, he's a good, he's got a good arm. He can, mm-hmm. he's got a rocket for an arm. And, uh, the one thing I said, offensive line is, you know, every time it seemed like Denver's doing something good, Garrett Bowles got a flag. So I just yeah. see that, that there's still some questions there, but maybe they're getting better. They're youthful. They're young. So I'm not, I don't want to take a big gold dump on Denver either. So maybe they can turn around. They got the chargers this week. You want to take a dump on somebody. They go to L.A. They're playing the L.A. Chargers, who are in a little bit of a nosedive. Um, they've had their problems and their issues, too, but they might have squashed their squashed their uh, post, yeah, postseason uh, dreams with that loss in Houston. What do you think? It doesn't, it doesn't squash it. It okay. makes it, it makes it very fucking difficult, but it doesn't it doesn't squash it. They have to win their next two games, and I I like that you said they've been in a what'd you say a nosedive? A nosedive. Um, yeah, because we they have. I mean, we thought that they're winning against the Giants. Like they beat the Bengals, and you're like, okay, all yeah, right, you're getting it done. Term. And then you know they lost at the Denver Broncos, but it's hard to win in Denver. Um, they beat the Giants like they should have, and then Kansas City beat them close, and we're like, all right, that's they'll course correct. And then to lose to the fucking Texans. To lose to the fucking Texans tells me that there's there's a problem in that locker room of people not paying the fuck attention and not getting their job done correctly because you should never lose to the fucking Houston Texans. <laughs> if you've got that kind of talent, if you've got the L.A. Chargers level of talent, you should never lose to the Texans. It's inconsistency for the LA Chargers, yeah. They haven't been able to string together being good for a whole season. Now they've had their share of injuries and banged up people too, but you're right. I think there's a there's a limit to it because there's a limit to the coaching there maybe because there's a lot of good youth, there's a lot of good talent there. Um I'm going to oh, uh we need to decide this Dan, you you brought this up. Due to you being uh and and it's a spoiler for the end of the show. You're still a pick ahead of me with two weeks to remain. So we are going to put this vice on this show that has never been put on before, where you will now make this pick before me, which I, I here, let me come out and say, I don't believe that you would ever just start making the picks exactly with me so that you can win this thing at the end. That has never been a big uh, bragging right as it is. I would do it in week 18. I promise. (laughs) Okay. I am that petty of a man. I Fair enough. So we are in week 17 now. So uh, in this way, I can't make this pick of this game before you do. So I don't trust the Teddy Bridgewater is going to be healthy. Um, it's not in Denver. So I'm going to take the Chargers to hold on to that last gasp of breath. Um, but they have they have two divisional games. They have this, and then they have the Raiders at the end of the year. If they win out, if they win out, that is their best chance. 
Right now they're on the outside looking in, but if they win the next two games, someone is going to drop a game. Someone is uh, Patriots, Colts, Dolphins. Somebody's going to drop a game. Um, the Chargers have to win this, so they will win this. Uh, this week I'm picking straight up on who I think is a better team. I'm not going to look too much at home and away. And the way it worked is I feel comfortable doing that. And I think it's the LA Chargers. I thought it's been the Chargers all season. I thought the Denver Broncos were kind of uh, um, ghosts of what we thought they were early on. They were the team that beat all of the good teams and were four or all the bad teams and were four and zero to start off. And it was like, nah, fool's gold. They proved me wrong in that aspect. They have been a very, they've been a very good team. They've been a mediocre or along the line team. Like we're going to be a bubble all year, uh, but I, I think the Chargers have two, and I think the Chargers have them as a, like a little bit better of a team. So I like the Chargers in this one too. I am in agreement with you, Dan. And I think Huzzah. we've been in agreement so far in the first two. Yeah, it hasn't been too very different to pick. Uh, let's talk about a very. A uh, good one from Saturday, from Christmas. Uh, first of all, I haven't even asked you how your Christmas was, Dan. I'm uh, sorry. Well, it was good. We're going to talk we about the, ch- the present that I got as soon as we get to the Cowboys game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a very good present for the year. Um, this is a game that happened on Christmas e- uh, Christmas night. Excuse me. Uh, the Colts beat the Cardinals in the desert, 22-16. to 16. This is one I picked on you, Dan. This was a, the one that... Uh, was was a good one for me this week. Um, Taylor was kept at bay as much as you can expect for him right now. 108 yards. Uh, so it was Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz threw two touchdowns, didn't make the big mistakes. Um, and the other side was uh, a, a bad game for Prater, the kicker for the Cardinals. One for three, missed an extra point, uh, put them kind of behind the, the eight ball in that aspect. There was a safety due to an intentional grounding in the second quarter because a snap went past Murray. They, the Cardinals didn't play as a as a team that were the cream of the crop of this league a month ago. They really didn't this game. It was 12-6 Colts at the half. Then the Cardinals did take a lead early, uh, but by the fourth quarter, Colts were in the lead again, 15-13. Prater misses that 41-yard field goal, and the Colts turned that into a touchdown and kind of uh, took it out of reach at that point. There was a onside field goal attempt because Cardinals kicked that field goal to bring it within one. That's been a, a new thing that happens here. It's like, we're going to try that onside and a Hail Mary thing. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, it, it's the smart choice. It's what you're supposed to do as a good coach. It didn't happen this time. So Colts win. Colts win a big one. I, I don't think the Colts were the better team in this game. It's one of the reasons why I picked the Cardinals in the first place, but the Cardinals made catastrophic mistakes, not just mistakes, catastrophic mistakes. Prater misses one of those kicks. We're talking about a very different end of the game because they're not kicking that field goal. They're going for a touchdown, you know, that's, and that forces a very different thing on the defense. Um, Yeah. I thought that to, to your point, Carson Wentz had a a decent game. I mean, he wasn't a killer of men and Jonathan Taylor had his, a a decent game for him. Kyler Murray was kind of balling out in this game. You know, he was, he was running, breaking off big chunk runs. He was passing really well. I, it's just the mistakes. And that's the problem right now with the Cardinals. It, It doesn't seem like they really have it together. I mean, this Cardinals team, to your point is they seem too loose. Um, you know, this is a team that had the NFC West kind of sewn up and has had a really, really bad month. 
injuries are obviously a part of that, but yeah, it just feels like this team doesn't want it. Um, and that worries me a lot. It's funny. Um, since they've had to put Hopkins down, it's, it's kind of put a, a spotlight on their wide receiver core. And we thought these guys were very good. I mean, AJ green, we didn't think much of, and he's had an okay year, but, uh, Christian Kirk and, um, and remember Andy Isabella, where the heck is Andy Isabella gone? Maybe he's not healthy. I don't know, but it, it's been Kyler Murray running for his life and it's been Chase Edmonds. That's been the offense since Hopkins has been gone. Uh, and then uh, randomly, Zach Ertz playing out of his mind, the old man yeah. doing whatever he can, making tight rope catches on the sidelines and things like that. And that's what the Cardinals have had to turn to, and that doesn't feel like a team that can take it through the playoffs. That doesn't sound like an offense that's that's playing on the cylinders to do it. Yeah, I hope I hope for their sake they are listening to Zach Ertz, a guy who knows how hard it is to make the playoffs, let alone how hard it is to win in the playoffs. Um mm. I hope they listen to him. I hope they don't listen to him this week, but I hope they listen to him in week 18 um, because I, I really hope they lose this week, Scott. Yeah. Um, they lost uh, last week, though. The Colts with this big win right at home. We've been talking about this game, so I want to get to the pick of it. Raiders at Colts. Uh, the Raiders, both these teams coming off of wins. Uh, both mm-hmm. these teams need a win and, uh, to stay alive here. I think the one who loses it pretty much can knock themselves almost out of the playoffs. I mean, Colts are in a good spot here, 9-6 and six to the Raiders, 8-7. and seven. So maybe the Colts can survive a loss here, but it's still an inner, in-conference loss, which could yeah. really hurt you. Because the, the Raiders would jump over you, yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's call it a playoff game, week seventeen. What do you think, Dan? You you have to pick first. <laughs> so if we did not have the news of Carson Wentz potentially being out, I would have taken the Colts. With yeah. that being said, I'm going to take these Raiders. Um, you know, Wentz being out makes me really rethink it. I know he hasn't been a world beater. But if Jacob Eason has to get in there, if Sam Ellinger has to get in there, I like Sam Ellinger, but to be put, to your point, in a playoff game straight out the gate, that's a lot of pressure. And the Raiders' defense is not bad. Um, Offense is inconsistent, but the the defense is consistently pretty fucking good. We saw Monday Night Football, what happens when you got to throw a young quarterback in a big game, and it's not always roses. Um, This one is in Indy. I don't know about that Wentz news yet. If, if let's say here, if, if for some reason Wentz gets healthy, then this changes your pick. I'm assuming, Dan. I actually don't think it does. You're gonna if Wentz is able to play in this game, like because of the change in the rule, mm-hmm. y- you still are going Raiders. I because I don't think I would be shocked if he tests because he he tested positive. I agree with you. There's a very outside chance that he's he's able to get in the game, but the rule is now changed where technically he could maybe be activated Saturday right now because of this new 10 to 5 day thing. I'm I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to stick with no matter what Carson Wentz or not, I'm going to stick with the Raiders. Okay. I was just trying to make that clear cuz I could yeah. give you that. I can give you that wiggle room. We did sure. it this week. Yeah. We did it. We've done it. We we got to have wiggle room in this COVID world. We must. Um, I'm going to have that wiggle room, uh, obviously, but, uh, God, I almost, this is so tough because I was so straightforward Colts until this news broke. It was so obvious Colts until this news broke. I don't trust the Raiders to win the big ones. I was on the fence and then the news broke and I was like, "Eh, well, okay. Yeah. I think the Colts are a better team. 
but I'm not going to pick him if that, if Wentz isn't in. Yeah, I'm going Raiders. Here it with is the though. Caveat. With, with the, caveat. the caveat that if Wentz plays, if they if yeah, if he's healthy then then I'll then I'll switch it over. Uh if Jonathan Taylor somehow is not healthy, there's absolutely no way. <laughs> uh but yeah, I'll go Raiders in too on the road. Man, that's a big that's a big hit for the Colts. It's too bad too cuz I've been kind of uh, maybe it's the, watching them on All or Nothing, but it's becoming All or Nothing. Excuse me, Hard Knocks in season yeah. Hard Knocks. It's becoming more exciting to uh, follow them. I've been kind of uh, cheering on them here in these last few weeks. Um, <clears throat> I, I I can't wait to see how this news breaks. <laughs> it's I mean it's pure drama. Carson Wentz being out. You yeah, know, this is maybe the H, maybe HBO gave him COVID. <laughs> oh man, like, just, we gotta just get to, this motherfucker just to get the ratings. Uh, let's go to Monday night. I brought it up. Let's go to that. The uh, Dolphins beat the Saints 20-3. to um, This is when I switched when we found out that Ian Book was starting. Uh, you, credited... you gave me this wiggle room, too, to get out of this. <laughs> I asked you multiple times that week, yeah. yeah Should have. I... Uh, Ian Book, tw- two interceptions, and was sacked eight times by the Dolphins' D. Uh, I texted you too, though, at one point that it felt like the Dolphins didn't want to win it either. There were a couple of mistakes there, but they were up ten to three at the half, um, and then seventeen to three midway through the third. They just kind of did not make the stupid mistakes to let these uh, home team Saints back into it. I, the mistake I made was forgetting that the Saints' offensive line is devastated. Yeah, you know they're they're down both their tackles. They're down Ramchick and Armstead, and they're starting a rookie quarterback. That's a hundred percent my fault. I should have changed that. <laughs> but I, Miami doesn't fucking impress me. They just don't. I know they've been on a hot streak. I know they've got seven wins in a row. But I'm not afraid of the Miami Dolphins. Are you afraid of the Miami Dolphins? No, I think what we were talking about with like maybe the Niners in terms of a sacrificial lamb that the Dolphins is at best that this year, like not even at the Niners echelon. It's uh, cause when, even in this game, they're like, all right, who do we look for on the, 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 the Dolphins improving defense. They named two rookies. They named Phillips. They named Holland. I was like, Oh yeah. Brand new guys. Cause yeah, we're working on building this back up. We got Xavier Howard still and eh, we're working. But those are two great players, and Jalen Waddle is a great player. You know, they've got talent Rookie. at these positions. Yeah. But, yeah, they don't scare me this year. They don't scare me this year. Two or through two or three passes in there that was like, all right, because I was cheering for them pretty heavily in this one. Uh, they looked good passes. Uh, the deep one at the tight end, Hollins, and then there was one across the middle where he had to fit it over the linebacker, and it was like, man, I want to see some more of this out of Tua. And I just think – I don't know if it's just – He's got some uh, second guessing about himself. Like he, he held on to that ball a little too much, and sometimes too. That's what bothered me. But uh, yeah, he didn't show the flashes that I think he could have had in this game. I agree. I mean, Tua is still a young quarterback. You know, we watched Justin Herbert have a really bad game. They're both the same age. You know, same True. draft class. This is people forget that it's Tua, Burrow, and Herbert. It, that's well we'll talk about that third one in his day <laughs> i mean yeah but that's the thing we're judging these guys all the same but joe yeah. burrow was the number one overall pick justin herbert went next and then tua or no sorry tua then herbert yeah this is these are good quarterbacks but they're young quarterbacks we have stopped giving young quarterbacks the benefit of the doubt or the time to develop so good for tua having a decent season showing that he 
you don't need to make a change at the quarterback position. But yeah, maybe Tua turns into a Kirk Cousins at best. Um, mm. That's still enough to be competitive every year, but I don't know if it's enough to win a Super Bowl. God, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, the Dolphins are going to Tennessee. They play the Titans. This is an interesting uh, and exciting one to watch here this Sunday. A.J. Brown says, suck my dick, I'm back. Um, I'm going to go with the Titans. I Like I said, I, I can't drop all this Miami doesn't impress me bullshit and then say, man, I think they'll take the Titans at home. <laughs> um yeah, the Titans are good enough on defense. Titans, by the way, have one of the more underrated defenses in the NFL. Um, and we talk about this a lot, especially with that front seven. That D-line is fucking great. And I think they're going to create problems for Tua. He's not going to be able to get it to his outside guys like Waddle. I don't think their defense is quite to the level. I think Tennessee at home, especially with a healthy A.J. Brown, wins this game. But I think it's tight. Yeah, I think this is the end of that Dolphins win streak. Um the Titans at home, like I said, not at home. I think they have a better team. I think the Titans have a better team um, even at this level than what the Dolphins did. The Dolphins, like I said, impressed me in spots here, but a road win against a team that kept turning the ball over to you, I mean, they gave you a pick six so early in this game in New Orleans, and then all of those sacks, and you can still only put 20 points on there. I don't think that's going to be enough for a Titans team, so I got the Titans as well. Um, all right, Dan, uh, we're going to do one more before the break. Merry Christmas. This could easily, easily have gone in the two-minute, no offense, but you had me put your game in there last week. There's also <laughs> uh, many other games I can shove in there too. So Dallas Cowboys uh, on prime time destroyed the Washington football team and their awful owner and organization, 56-14. to 14. I would say that of great life events, obviously my marriage is up there, the birth of my children, but a Christmas weekend throat fucking of the Washington Redskins. Yes, I said it because I mean it. I mean it hatefully. I mean it hatefully, not towards, you know, Native Americans, but towards this organization. Don't forget that for over 60 fucking years they called themselves the Redskins they don't get to just call themselves the football team now they don't just get to erase the fact that they were racist for more than a half a century that's (laughs) fucking crazy we shouldn't let them get away with this shit and luckily the Cowboys didn't the Cowboys dropped all of the justice that they could muster after having a close game against Washington where they let them back in over in fucking FedEx Field or RFK Stadium or whatever bullshit <laughs> landfill that thing is actually, you know, named for, they kicked the absolute shit out of this team. Offensively, defensively, everybody's involved. We're throwing a fucking lineman, dude. We're throwing a lineman. <laughs> We've got our defensive line hitting Taylor Heineke and then, like, chilling with him on the grass being like, hey, how is it in Washington? Sucks dick, doesn't it? Isn't it the fucking worst? You should get out of here, Taylor. You seem like a decent guy. Maybe don't play for this bullshit organization anymore. The Washington football team is a piece of shit, and the Dallas Cowboys dismantled them on public fucking primetime television. I loved it. And Dak looks fucking fantastic. The defense looked fantastic, and Zeke looked the healthiest he's been in over a month. We didn't have a single significant injury for the entire game, and Tyron Smith got to rest. (laughs) 
We clinched the division before the game. So this wasn't even, hey guys, let's go out there and clinch this division. This was, hey guys, let's go out there, take all this hate that's in our heart and put it directly into the fucking chest of the guy in front of you. Congratulations, Dallas. You made my fucking year. God, I love this game. Well, congrats, Dan. Yeah, that that had to be a fun one for for your Christmas present. They were up, they were up forty two to seven at the half. Uh, they I was Cowboys... mad about seven. I was mad about it. Yeah, <laughs> and I think they were too. Though I like, fuck this shit. Let's get them. <laughs> um, Prescott threw four touchdowns in this game. Uh, Lawrence had the pick six. Uh, it's nice to see a defender catch an interception and stay on his feet. Um, yeah, no, they uh, both. We saw backup quarterbacks uh, for both on this uh, in this game. Um, I don't know why Cooper Rush had to throw a passing touchdown too entering in this game, but why the heck not when it's the backup? I think, I think at that point, if the backup's still throwing touchdowns on you, then you can't really complain about it. <laughs> oh no, and and that's the thing is like you can't say, oh, you know, fuck it, they're running up the score. Cooper Rush is in the fucking game. You yep. suck. You fucking suck. <laughs> Um, no, but the, yeah, this was a drubbing. Like I said, it could have easily been in the two minute, no offense, but I want to give you the time to enjoy it because you don't get these very often. And, uh, like you said, Cowboys win the East. They are the, this is again, the first, the, excuse me, there's been a new team every year for the last 17 years to win the NFC East. We cannot have a back to back winner here for 17 seasons. Bizarre. That's nuts. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you had to be enjoying this one from from beginning to end. I mean, they even the last garbage touchdown was not easy, and it was Kyle Allen they got it. Yeah, I mean, it was it, it was really just like, all right, man, fuck it, whatever you got to do to make yourself feel better, we don't give a shit. Uh, we harassed and destroyed Taylor Heineke. We harassed everybody on that team, and God, it was fucking fantastic, dude. There is. There's so much love. I, f- I love the fact that Washington came out and they're like, we're going to throw deep on Trayvon Diggs. And they just right into his fucking hands. He had one of the easier interceptions he's had all year to kind of start this game. And it was from there that I think Washington went, oh, they're, we're not going to catch them flat-footed. They're going to beat the shit out of us. Hmm. And it, Kyle Ellen said as or sorry, uh, <laughs> Taylor Heineke said as much in postgame. He goes, same story as the other week. They kicked the shit out of us. Ugh. And, you know, at that point, like, you got to know you're on a bad football team. And you're on a bad football team with a lot of injuries, but you're on a shit-ass organization that decided to get petty and bring heated seats with them. Which, by the way, the seats got a little bit too heated. Isn't that right, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne? <laughs> oh, yeah, the fight going on between the two guys who were uh, teammates in Alabama. Yeah. Um, shoving or pointing at each other and swinging at each other on the on – the, uh, uh, the, the, the bench is there. Turns out that they, I guess they buried it or so they say, you know, that's what you say after these games. But also funny that, uh, the Cowboys in these, uh, climate controlled benches decided to open up the, uh, the doors and everything for the game. Cause it was 73 degrees outside for that one in Dallas. <laughs> yeah. They're like, Arlington. enjoy your heated seats. You fucking idiots. Yeah. It's gotten petty. And, uh, when it gets petty like that, I- I'm, I'm happy that the, uh, the more petty team it takes the drubbing. Absolutely. Um, I, I will say this though. Uh, yeah. They both mentioned it to Ron Payne and Jonathan Allen. Like you got brothers, you fight with your brother. It's like, we squashed it. First off, you have a brother. I have a brother. I still have a vendetta against my brother from when I was seven years old. 
Like, mm-hmm. I hold on to that shit forever. That's what you do with brothers. I could walk up to my brother right now and punch him in the face, and he'd be like, what's that for? And I could name something from 1998, and he'd be like, all right, that's fair, because you never forget that shit. So Deron <laughs> Payne and Jonathan Allen need to be on different teams because the next time they see each other, this is the second week in a row they've gotten into a fight on the sideline. This one got physical. Oh. God, I fucking love it. I love that Washington's in such disarray. Please take this. T- Actually, you know what? Leave this team with Dan Snyder forever. Let this garbage franchise burn. <laughs> um, so, the, yeah, for me here, this I mean, if this Cowboys team shows up, then they could take on anybody Oof. that they come across here in this playoffs. They're, they're in now. They're ready to, uh, you know, they're only a game behind Green Bay, so they still got stuff to play for. They're not resting anybody. And uh, they got a big one this week. They got the Arizona Cardinals coming to town. Um, I think I may have already tipped my hand on this one, but I obviously know where Dan's picking. But mm-hmm. still, you go first, Dan. Uh, Cowboys. Cowboys by one million points. <laughs> by a million points. But no, um, obviously the Cardinals have having some of their issues coming into this game, but is there anything that they do that would scare you? I mean, you got Micah Parsons is probably going to chase down uh, Kyler Murray all game. Well, I actually think that's going to eliminate Mike Parsons from a, a lot of explosive plays he has because he's going to be in the spy, uh, to your point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The th- yeah, the thing that worries me is that they do have a good defense, and Kyler Murray is very difficult to defend. Um, he has played spies a lot this year and has been able to rip off big chunks against them. Um, so, yeah, I, I worry that if... I worry that if Arizona gets out to a lead of any decent size and we abandon the run game... Um, I, I don't know if we have the ability to come back. I mean, we are a team that, an offense like this, we can keep the pressure on, we can make it fantastic, but, um, yeah, if the Cardinals get out to a, even like a 10-point lead, I, I start to get a little worried. I don't know. So it's funny, um, up until these injuries started plaguing the Cardinals, and maybe Kyler Murray's ankle is still somewhat of an issue, I I had them as the better team between these two. Sorry, Dan, that's what I thought. Up until... Pretty much uh, after week 15, uh, after last week, um, it looks like the Cowboys are on a nice stretch here. They keep winning. Cowboys are much more the hotter team than the Cardinals right now. Um, And looking at, yeah, who's on the field and the teams that they're putting out there, I think they're the more talented one. So I think the Cowboys can take this one. It makes it a big, big step for the playoffs um, in, well, in the seating in terms of trying to catch the Packers. They need the Packers to trip up. Uh, and I hope to help you with that this week, Dan, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. Well, you got to remember this, too. The Arizona Cardinals right now are probably not, they're definitely not going to get the number one seed. They're two games behind the Packers, and they lost They lost the head They lost to them, yeah. The other thing to remember is that if they think, if they see that the fucking Los Angeles Rams win their game this week, there's almost nothing for them to play for because they're the, then they're the wild card. That's just what the fuck is up. So if that's the case, why would you start a mildly hurt Kyler Murray when you mm-hmm. can take at least two weeks to rest the fucking guy? You know, this is very much a, a team that could bottle it up in the second half if things aren't going their way and go, all right, we're going to play for the play for the fucking playoffs. You're right, because I think in the NFC, the top wild card is going to line up not against... Well, no. Who would the top wild card line? Yeah, the top wild card would line up in a better situation than like playing, and you know, they probably play the Rams or something. Yeah, or, yeah, something like that. So because they yeah. have they have clinched, they are a game behind the Rams. 
And the Rams are playing the Vikings. So if the, if the Rams beat the Vikings, no, the Cardinals are was, literally playing no, for nothing. that was last week. You're looking at that. Oh, was sorry, last my week. apologies. Uh, yeah, so if the Rams if the Rams win this week, the Cardinals are playing for nothing. Against the Ravens. The Rams are playing in Baltimore at noon. You're right. So the Cardinals game doesn't kick off until the afternoon, right? You're right, mm-hmm. yeah. So Well, not nothing other than seeding and wild card, right, if they care uh, about that. No, not, not even, because the only team that's behind them is the 49ers. Who are eight and seven, and the Eagles, who are eight and seven, they so can't they, catch them. They really can't catch them. So they're going to be the five seed. They're either going mm. to be the five seed or they're going to be the three or four seed. Okay, either so it's way, either win it's, their division or you're gonna. Yeah, it's not worth putting Kyler Murray in a situation where he's going to get hit by Demarcus Lawrence, by Randy Gregory, by Micah Parsons all game long. I wouldn't be surprised to see Colt McCoy in this game. Yeah, they got to be big Ravens fans. They got to hope Jackson's healthy. Otherwise, yeah, there might not be a reason to uh, be in this one. That's a good point. Well, either way, whether Kyler plays or not, I'm not putting no caveat on this one. I'm taking your Cowboys. So let's see them get it done. I'll I'll put it to you this way. Kyler Murray plays, fantastic. Cowboys win. Kyler Murray gains four inches of height sometime over this weekend and plays. I'm still picking the fucking Cowboys. I don't give a shit. Cowboys all the way. I don't know why you even bring that caveat up then. Uh, No, science is amazing, Scott. Isn't it, though? Let's take a break, and when we return, two minutes, no offense. I shoved four more games in there this week, and we got a whole second half of the slate to talk about. So let's hurry up and let's get back here. This is the push-off. Thank you guys so much for sticking around and returning from the break. It's time to hit on uh, one of the favorite subjects and uh, segments in this podcast. It is called the two-minute no offense. Because no offense, but at this point in the season, you're playing out the string, we're playing out the string. Let's pluck these strings, baby. Let's play this game. That's right, yeah. And these ones, too, there's some good teams in here. Uh, but they, yeah, they played some teams with backups in there. We didn't learn anything. That's what this segment is for. So, Dan, when you're ready, and turbo go. I'm gonna start with the Buccaneers beating up on those Panthers who've already given up 32 to six. Yeah, I mean, once again, we learned nothing from this. We weren't gonna learn anything from this. Uh, the Buccaneers are a good team, and the Panthers are not. So, la di da. Buccaneers D going off big with seven sacks. Antonio Brown is back and all is forgiven. I don't know how quickly we and he, forget. And he won't talk about it. Yeah, you're not, not even going to talk about it. That's fine. Um, and, the yeah, the Panthers suck. The Buccaneers put 13 points on him in the second half. And the, the Buc- uh, excuse me, the Panthers did nothing. So uh, The Falcons beat the Lions. It took till last second, though. I'm sorry. I'd, I'm still putting this in the two-minute no offense because it's two teams that you know, we're done talking about. Though the Falcons are still alive, but it's 16-20. Falcons are still technically alive, but we talk about teams that do not fucking scare you. If the Cowboys are the two seed, I would love to see the Falcons as the seven. That would be (laughs) wonderful. Uh, Please make that happen for me, Eagles. Please shut up and die, and Falcons, or Vikings, uh, either one, but uh, (laughs) I would love to beat up on the Falcons. Uh, It was 10 off the half. It was 13 all heading into the fourth quarter, and then Falcons fumbled it. Uh, when they didn't need to with Gage, Lions had a chance, but uh, it was Tim Boyle playing. He throws an interception. 
basically on the goal line to end it. Lions lose another heartbreaker. Sorry. Honestly, uh, move, good for the Lions. Yeah. Yeah, right? In the long run, go for the Lions. Uh, the Bengals beat up on the Ravens because the Ravens had to start Josh Johnson. Uh, they had no quarterbacks, 41-21. to 21. But really, Joe Burrow, 525 and four touchdowns. What? Filthy. Filthy game by Joe Burrow. Congratulations. Uh, Ravens Bengals defense. right now the, ninth, the three seed. Yeah. Ravens defensive coordinator should not have said that Rodgers is the Hall of Famer, but we're not ready for Joe Burrow yet. He pr- proved them wrong. Sorry, and then finally, Chiefs beat up on the Steelers, thirty-six to ten. It was twenty-three nothing at the half. Oh, that's time! But uh, yeah, the Chiefs were all over the Steelers in this game. I mean, this is another one where by the end of the game, Mason Rudolph's in there because they were just getting their shit pushed in. Um, yeah, I I think this effectively kills the Steelers. Um, that's just how it feels to me. I mean, the Steelers are seven seven and one, and they're going to play the Browns. But even if they beat the Browns. Uh, it it doesn't bode well for them. I, it's a tough road to hoe uh, to get in there. So I, I'm putting a tombstone fully on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, and then I can't blame you for that. But that's our two-minute no offense. Um, let's talk about some games for next week, and we'll yes, hit all of these teams as we do those. Uh, the Carolina Panthers are going to NOLA play those Saints. I have no idea who's playing quarterback for either of these teams. I don't know if I will know until kickoff. I think I texted you at one point during the Sunday going, I don't think I've ever watched like a Sunday kickoff at noon and had a little idea who was playing quarterback in these games because it's been a lot of shuffling around for these guys. Um, there was all that talk that Darnold was going to start for the Panthers and then it was Newton and then Darnold got in. So mm-hmm. the Panthers are a mess. But uh, Dan, who do you have in this weird one? Well, the Panthers are a mess offensively. The Panthers are not a mess defensively. Um, the Saints, I'll, this is my caveat. Okay. If Taysom Hill starts, I'm picking the Saints. If Trevor Simeon or Ian Book start, I'm actually taking the Panthers. Okay. All right. That's fair. And I think, yeah, I think that's the lineup probably in order for the Saints, too. Mm-hmm. I think as long as Taysom Hill gets off that COVID list, he'll be in. And if he doesn't, then they go to those guys. Um, I'm with you, except I will even say if Trevor Simeon is in, I'll take the Saints because okay. the Panthers are that much a mess, too. Um, but you're right. If Ian Book is in, I reserve the right to change my mind because <laughs> that, that didn't look good. But maybe a whole week of practice and he looks better. I don't know. I hope I hope the kid has a little has a better chance than than, yeah, than what we saw. I feel for him. That sucked. Right. I was asking a lot for him. Um, and then this is a huge one for Sunday. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, who seem to be now the cream of the crowd for the AFC. Uh, there's not a lot of teams that. I think can hang with them right now in the AFC that, that, that scare me up there with them. Uh, but one that needs to prove it this week and they get them at home is the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow off of what is just an amazing performance. Um, before you pick Dan, I, I do want to say you, you brought up earlier in this thing, like all oh, these second year quarterbacks, we've got to give them some room. I remember some episodes previously ago where you're like, Joe Burrow needs to step it up. Joe Burrow needs to get this thing going. Well, it seems like he listens to the podcast. Joe Burrow has been listening to the podcast since we gave him an elite grade, the highest <laughs> grade we've ever given a quarterback uh, because we weren't recording this when uh, you know Andrew Luck was drafted. Um, 
better than this fucking kid out in Jacksonville. Who gives a shit? He's not very good. Joe Burrow give, is the real deal. Didn't you give an elite grade to a UCLA quarterback? No, I did not. I did not you give Josh give Rosen an, a, an elite grade. Okay, okay. I did not. You, We can go back and listen to it. I did not give him an elite <laughs> grade. I gave him the highest grade that year, and I gave Lamar the number two, but I did I'm not give him the elite grade. I'm just giving you shit. Anyways. <laughs> I give myself shit. John, Josh Rosen, you owe me money. I don't even know what for, but I feel like he owes me money. Um, Joe Burrow is at the height of his powers right now. This is exactly where the Bengals needed him to be in his second year, and he is there. I am going to take the Bengals against this Chiefs team. They are at home in Cincinnati. This also, you got to remember, I've been saying this this season's a little fixed for the NFL. Um, (laughs) This makes Week 18 meaningful. You know, with with the Chiefs beating the Bengals, it kind of makes Week 18 meaningless. So I'm going to say they are going to have a meaningful Week 18, and the Bengals are going to win this one. They're going to go to 10 and six. The Chiefs are going to go to 11 and five, and it's going to make uh, it's going to make the Bengals have a chance at the number one seed. So that's yeah, that's a big actually uh, point I need to make sure too, because you're talking to me about the Cardinals maybe not having anything to play for. Chiefs and Bengals are right now kick off at noon. So no matter what, the Chiefs still need to clinch a bye week. They haven't clinched anything outside of their West yet, so they still got something to play for there. That's good enough for me. And uh, I'm assuming Travis Kelsey getting off that uh, COVID list. That the Chiefs will take this one on the road. I'm gonna have the Chiefs winning. I think they're the better team. Like I said, I want to kind of lean on that. Uh, the Bengals have are looking very good, especially the last two weeks. Um, it looks like they could take on anybody, especially the way they played in there. But sometimes this is just kind of in division gets gets wonky too. So they have – yeah, this is the biggest test. And I just assume that uh, my eyes are going to see what they usually see, and that's a good Kansas City team. So I'm picking opposite you here, Dan. I got the Chiefs. I, I, I do withhold the right to change if, if Joe Burrow is hit by a truck or gets COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of these need to be now caveats of, of a change that we just text each other prior to the kickoff. <laughs> um, let's continue on for the games that we have coming up for – or that, that happened here this last week. I want to start with the only other one we have left from Saturday. That is the Packers beating the Browns. It got tight at the end, 22-24. This was 12 to 21 Packers at the half. So Packers only get a field goal on in the second half and the Browns raced back. Um, questionable no flag at the end, but you know, Green Bay, you, you got to expect those, especially in Lambeau. Come on. Uh, Mayfield was the problem um, in this one with four interceptions. You just can't come back from that. We talked about this a lot. I actually think Cleveland was the better team. Mm-hmm. I, it is the fact that Joe, it is, God, I feel bad for Baker Mayfield. The dude is fucked up. He's fucked up. And he threw four interceptions. Say what you will about that last one. He threw three bad interceptions and he threw four of them total. Yes. So yes. you can't, I mean, <laughs> Nick Chubb averaged more than seven yards a carry. They were running this ball down their throat, but it seemed like every time Baker Mayfield needed to make a play, he made the wrong one. And so that's just the sort of thing you cannot fucking do. Uh, the fact that they basically started out the game with an interception. You know, mm-hmm. the they start out with a touchdown, and it's great, and then there's a punt, and then they try to, I guess, put the boot on the throat, and he has a big interception the first play of the game to Donovan Peoples-Jones. That's fucking stupid. 
That's a really dumb move by Baker Mayfield. Yeah, the Packers, you know the Packers are not. So this year they won a lot of games close. They The Packers aren't blowing a lot of people out. So they give you opportunities, I think, to take these games from them, Green Bay does, but they're not going to hand it to you. Rodgers doesn't throw interceptions. They really don't turn the ball over much. They just don't. Not, they don't roll down the field on you every drive. So they leave these opportunities for you. They're happy to punch you the ball and give you that chance. So the Browns found that out, but too late in this one. With three interceptions in the first half, you you put too much in front of you, and then you played from behind, whereas the best thing the Browns have going for you is the run game. So I think, though, too, there was points in that last few drives where it was like, man, they can't stop Nick Chubb. But also the Browns feel like they have to be throwing it. So it got in a weird spot. Um, you cannot I, go broke yeah. making a profit. <laughs> you can't do it. <laughs> Just keep running the fucking ball with Nick Chubb. Stop putting in Baker Mayfield's highly injured hands uh, mm. to be able to win this fucking thing for you. It's it's tough. That was a bad no call, but that's what's been going on this year. You can't leave it to the right. refs to win you a game because they fucking won't. They'll always give it to the Packers. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I argue I complain too that you know you don't want the rest to decide the games there at the end kind of thing too. So did they did they not by not throwing the flag, you know, you, to your own discretion. Um yeah, what I think the Browns need uh some help now to get in the playoffs. They're going to need a lot of things to go their way because they can't win these big ones. They go to Pittsburgh on Monday night. Uh so it's not an easy task here for them, but uh like you said, Dan, you put a tombstone on the Steelers. What are these Browns in your mind? Well, nothing would be more fitting than for the Steelers to share their tombstone with the Browns. I am picking a Steelers win on Monday night uh, to beat the Browns and eliminate them from the playoffs. Because I'm okay. not interested in watching this Browns team go to the playoffs, and I don't think anybody is. So, you know, the Steelers at 8-7-1 at and one actually create a lot more interesting uh, scenarios. <laughs> Doesn't don't uh, they just? They really do. So it could get real weird in Week 18. And like I said, it's a bit of a fixed season. I'd say we go with the weird uh, seven or eight, seven and one going into Week 18, and uh, Steelers win this one. Okay, um, I'm gonna go Browns because I think they have the better team right now. I don't know how healthy they are. Like, you know, there's so much in that too. But uh, they also seem to be maybe over their COVID hump. Uh, in terms of their outbreak, if everybody's getting off the COVID list now, spread around those uh, antibodies and do what you can, Cleveland, there. But uh, this is always a tough game. This was a big win for them in that uh, um, playoffs game last year, so maybe the Steelers will have it out for them. But I'm still going to go opposite you. I'm still going to go Browns because I think that they're the better team here. So I'm going to do that for primetime Monday night. Uh, Let's continue on. The Rams, they beat my Vikings 30-23. to 23. I watched every snap, but, uh, you know, expected it. We both picked the Rams in this one. Um, Sony Michelle, man. Sony Michelle took over for running back, and he gouged us in this one. He had 135 yards and a touchdown. He could have done more <laughs> if they let him. But uh, they also like to change up and just start throwing the ball when they didn't need to. Um, Matthew Stafford threw three interceptions, two of them deep in their own end to Anthony Barr, where we couldn't really take enough advantage uh, to the mistakes that they, they made in order to, to take this game over. 
Cousins had an interception in the end zone himself, though, so that doesn't help. And uh, we allow a punt return um, of 60-some yards late in the third. So for any every chance the Rams gave the Vikings to get in this one, the Vikings go, not so fast, let's give it back to you. And then for every chance the Rams did to take this game over and make it a route, the Vikings go, hold on, we're always in one-possession games. <laughs> and that's what I saw. That was this game. You know, they did the same sort of thing the Cardinals did, which is you kick the ball, just be like, hey, let's try a fucking Hail Mary here uh, at the end. But the Vikings are not yes. a bad team, man. They're not a bad team. You know, if this was if this was Mike Zimmer's second or third year as the head coach, he would be absolutely safe. Um, he mm. would not even be on the hot seat. But it's been so long that the Vikings have been good enough, but not quite good enough. Um and that's just that seems to be the story of your team this year. Unfortunately, good enough, but not quite good enough. Um, they're going to need to be nine and eight to even have a chance, and they've got to face the Packers. I, Re- I remember I tombstone them a couple weeks ago. Yeah, remember that we watched, or it was like a few seasons ago before the Titans were getting going, and I think when we were prefacing them, it was like they're just that team where they're going to be eight and eight, and they're going to finish in the middle, and it's just going to hurt their team because. You can't build too well when you're not picking top 10 in the draft, etc. You know, it's a more of a crapshoot. Yeah, you're right. The Zimmer-led Vikings have kind of been that. They've had a couple of, you know, bright spots where they took a run. Maybe just the one in 2017, if it's coming to mind. So, you know, it, it, otherwise it's been middle of the road picking in the 20s draft pick and hoping to, to, to land on another Justin Jefferson, which they did, they did after a good year. But... Yeah, there's no guarantee for that stuff. So it is tough. It's a middling type of team, and it's sitting in the middle, and you get tired of that. So I think what we'll see is Zimmer. Uh, I bet money is either on a retirement or relievement of his job, and then moving forward, Cousins probably has another year unless somebody wants to trade for him. Uh, it's an interesting year for that. But, yeah, Dan's shaking his head. You don't see that happening. Too much money. It is asking a lot. I mean, they could worry work his contract since it's the last year, too give him an extension one of those type of things so we'll see but i don't know the the other side of the ball here these rams i think they're a very good team that's why i picked them to win even if it was in minnesota because the vikings aren't a a rollover team if they were a bad team the vikings would probably take it but this rams team is very good that uh their new additions are getting more and more involved odell had a touchdown uh the pressure there on the line and stuff is getting better so I see them maybe getting hot at the right time here in the playoffs. Uh, maybe they, they take a run here, especially if they get a uh, win this division because the Cardinals are falling down here. So, yeah, they could be scary. The Rams could be scary. Dan, as a team, you got the Cowboys in the playoffs. What is your thoughts on coming against the Rams? So the Rams are a good team, but I also don't know if I'm afraid of the Rams terribly. Um, Matthew Stafford is good. Matthew Stafford is prone to throwing a lot of picks, which he did in this game too. Um, yeah. He can he can be suckered into making very very bad decisions. Um, I, he's not the main liability. The main liability is that I think even with Sony Michelle's really good game against you, their running game is just too inconsistent uh, to be steadily relied upon. Um, you guys are really hurting on the defensive line, and so they think they were able to attack you. Um, but yeah, I, if they can get Cooper Cup to keep being Cooper Cup and they can get Odell to be old school Odell, then they are very dangerous. But I just, I'm not afraid of their run game. Um, I know they gassed you on this one, but I'm not afraid of it. 
Well, and they lost Daryl Henderson now too. He goes yeah. the IR. So it is just Sony Michelle probably back there. Good luck there. Unless they were talking about a Cam Akers try to shove him back in, but he had an Achilles injury about yeah. five, six months ago. So unless you really wanted to win this year, I wouldn't do that to the kid. Um, do it. Cup had a fumble in this game that the, the rest called progress stopped, and that, that pissed me off a little bit because it was late. It was 27-13, 12 minutes left. Could have turned this game another way, but again, you're talking – uh, could have wish from a ref picks or whatever um yeah we'll see what the rams do moving forward they go to baltimore i brought this up they're playing the ravens so if the rams win this they clinch the division if the rams win this they clinch the division do you see them winning it dan i do not i actually don't see them winning it so I don't see them winning it, but I don't see that changing the way the Cardinals play the game against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Because, once again, it's not a conference loss. It's an out-of-conference loss. I don't think it affects it. Um, I don't see them winning it because I think Lamar is going to come back, and I think Lamar and the Ravens will be in this thing in Week 18. So I'm going to pick the Ravens at home. I'm I'm going to ask you a caveat, of course, if Lamar is not back because it's not a guarantee right now as of recording. I will say this. If it's Lamar, I'm going Ravens. If it's Josh Johnson, <laughs> I'm not going Ravens. What if it's um, Huntley? If you it's almost Huntley, beat the Packers. I'm, I'm still going Ravens. If it's Huntley, okay. I'm still going Ravens. Because you got to remember, we talk about this a lot. You know, what is traveling, what is a home team worth? Home team's worth three. What is making somebody travel all the way across the fucking country worth? I'd say it's another three. Um, so right now you got a six-point lead, and I, I don't know if they're that wildly different. I think... I think this is the Ravens' games to win. Plus, it'll make Week 18 more interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm with you. If Jackson's in, the Ravens will win this because the Rams are a little up and down themselves, and this Ravens need it more right now. And Jackson has been out and all that stuff. If Jackson's not in, if it's Huntley or anyone else, I'm not. For, I'm for Rams. I think the Rams are a better team, so I should be picking the Rams in this game. But this whole going across the country stuff and, uh, and you know, if, if it's Jackson back and, and absolutely needing it to, to stay alive, that seems like something the Ravens would do. That just seems like something they would do. So I will pick the Ravens, but if Lamar Jackson is not starting, if he's not playing, I'm switching it to the Rams. And then we have another game opposite. So there we go. We're gonna uh, we're gonna have a, a rough time keeping track of all these caveats. <laughs> That's right. What I'll basically do is check with you on s- Saturday. We have no game on Thursday. We'll follow up with this, each other this weekend and make sure we haven't changed our mind. <laughs> um, let's talk about the game on Sunday night football. My Vikings going to Lambeau. Uh, we did beat them the first time we met these Packers, but this is uh, um, this is round two. Pa- Vikings at Packers, uh, prime time. What do you think? Uh, you know what? Just to just to keep things interesting, man. I'm I'm going Vikings. Fuck it. <laughs> I'm going Vikings. I'm gonna I'm gonna take these Vikings to to make it interesting. Make this thing uh, a real weird end of the season. Yeah, you're. For, uh, it's not gonna happen, Dan. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> um, we we did beat them earlier this year, but it took the skin of our teeth to do so, and uh, and and in Minnesota. So this one. Prime time in the elements, I don't see happening. Um, we had Adam Thielen fight his way back onto the field 
for that game last week and then immediately get tackled by his ankle and knew he was done. Tried to come back on again, and I think it's, it's so banged up that it's not good. Um, the change in the p- protocol might get Dalvin Cook back on the field. That's a big uh, one for the Vikings. That's a big win. But, um, yeah, this team probably feels now, especially with that Rams loss, that it's, you know, they need a lot of help to get in for the Vikings to get in the playoffs because I know it. it's Rams or they need to win out and the Niners need to either lose out or you're looking at for ties like almost a three-way tie between the Saints and the Eagles. So Eagles have a much easier go about it. So I think that the thing's breaking for them, especially after this week, it won't it won't break for these Vikings. So I'm picking opposite you and taking the Packers. Um, yeah. So we I- get. Here's my one my one warning. <laughs> All right. We talk about teams that go, well, maybe I don't have anything to play for, right? True. So, and this is a primetime start, so if everybody last, loses that. Last game of Sunday, you know, if they're looking at, hey, man, Tampa Bay maybe dropped one here, or Dallas maybe dropped one here, shit, uh, maybe we don't have to play quite so hard against these Vikings. Um, I, yeah possible it's possible i don't know how it lines up i know they're only a game ahead of those teams i know also i think the cowboys are the only ones that win a tiebreaker over the packers but if it's only exactly. if those two are only tied together because it becomes yeah. multiple then the heads ahead go out the window which always seems silly to me but yeah i don't know i don't see the packers resting anybody i don't see aaron Rodgers or anybody giving it a rest now yeah if i might text you if they're like aaron Rodgers' toe is so screwed up he wants to take the the night off <laughs> but i don't see it happening vikings are, vikings don't get Be- that lucky because that it happens is literally to the hackers <laughs> if if tampa drops one if tampa drops one and the cardinals beat the cowboys the vikings have nothing to play the packers have nothing to play for they have nothing if tampa to play for. loses to the jets <laughs> start there <laughs> jets beat yeah. the titans man jets beat the titans i don't fucking jets know sometimes uh you I, know, i'll trap, trap yeah. game to have all trap games i'll text you if, if all this stuff lines up and the packers are resting people yeah i'll text you and we'll i'm still taking time. your i'm still taking your chippy vikings because the packers also uh are looking past the vikings to the lions to close out their season <laughs> <laughs> all right a uh, few more games here left uh, for the season, so let's hit, hit them. The Bills beat the Patriots. Dan, you picked this one because I had the Patriots again in that one. We both picked opposite in both mm-hmm. these games, and then both of the road teams won. Bills um, looked good in this one, though. 33-21 to was the end score. It was 20-14 to heading into the fourth. It was 26-21 with about 7.30 left, so it was tight. But uh, Josh Allen had a game. Yeah, Josh Allen did have a game. Josh Allen would have had a game against this Patriots the first time around if the wins weren't hurricane level and Mac Jones was like, fuck it, I ain't throwing this shit. I think uh, we saw run. that, yeah, that, that there was difference because of the, the weather in that first one and then this one being a little bit more even. Yeah, this this is Josh Allen. Josh Allen was a guy that was in the MVP chase till about week seven or week eight. I mean, he is a good quarterback. Um, this is a guy we had a lot of questions about. I don't have any questions about Josh Allen anymore. Um, accuracy can still be improved, but who's can't except for Rodgers? Um, yeah, I think I think this is a great win for the Bills to kind of say, hey, we are – I know you took last year off New England, but go ahead and take this one off as well in terms of uh, being 
you know, clinching the AFC East. Um, so I, I think this is a big move for the Bills, big moral win for the Bills, and uh, I think they can keep it going. I think they're going to wind up uh, eleven and six. Um, I still think Buffalo. I think Buffalo is a good team, and I think they will be a one to be reckoned with in the AFC in the playoffs, and I think they'll make it in the playoffs. Uh, I gotta look at who. Else. Yeah, they should. They got Falcons coming to town here, um, but sometimes things fall off in Buffalo in the offense where Josh Allen thinks I don't need to follow the play called or something. I'll roll out. I'll find somebody. There are a couple in this game alone on like the same driver. He rolled out to his right threw back across his body to someone in the middle of the field. And I'm sure that just drove Bill Belichick nuts. Cause he's like, you don't do that. You're not supposed to do that in the NFL. That's the thing you don't do. And he got it to work a couple times. He's picking up first downs, and the Patriots, I think, defense was like, "How do we? What do we do about this?" So that's there's a question in my mind there of that continually working for Josh Allen. He's got to, I think, tighten that up a little bit because that gets scary. Now, where he super impressed me was that last drive, the fourth down bootleg sneak, where he's dancing around like most uh, most other quarterbacks would have done too many jukes or crumpled there and not gotten that first. He's one of those special guys amidst the betweens where it's like, I know I got to get upfield. I don't really outrace a lot of these linebackers to the pylon or anything like a Kyler Murray. It was such a neat move. He, he gets it, and then he hits Knox for the touchdown, and that's what pretty much ended it, yeah. This is a good Buffalo team. This is also a very good New England team. Um, yeah. But the Bills need this more than the Patriots do. The Patriots can be a wildcard team and feel like, wow, what a what a real turnaround this season has been for us <laughs> since last year. Um, the Bills have got to win the division. They've got to make it two in a row. They've, If the Patriots wind up winning this division again after a one-year break, that's a huge mental burden for the Bills. Good to see that they're a mentally tough team, and I think they're going to wind up taking the AFC East. Yeah. Okay. Um, Bills are. Oh no, it's. Uh, yeah, Bills are going back home. They get the Falcons. Uh, it feels like this could be one of those trap games, maybe. But uh, as it comes, Dan, how would you pick it? Uh, as it comes, I'm taking the Bills. I mean, unless Josh Allen gets hit by a COVID bus. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. I'm going to take. I mean, they might actually, if Josh Allen's out. They might find a way to trade for Cordero Patterson and have Cordero Patterson play quarterback for the Bills. That is the most interesting thing that could happen in Week 17. Um, <laughs> but it's it's got to be the Bills. The Bills have got to win this game. They've got to go into Week 18, um, kind of feeling like they cinched it up. Yeah, um, smart. obviously they still have to win in Week 18. But mm-hmm. yeah, no smart money on Buffalo. Buffalo's got to keep it going. Um, and this is a uh, a game against a team they should have at the right time is should also put the end to the Falcons uh, out outside playoff chances. And I think that's why I put it in my head of like, you know, why we need to worry about the Falcons. I shouldn't do that. There is still a very good chance the Atlanta Falcons make the playoffs. And if they do, that's exciting because it's been how long since they've been there. It wasn't, it wasn't right after their Super Bowl loss in 2015 or whatever that they haven't been in the playoffs, is it? Has it been that long? It's been three years. They went, yeah, they, they had Julio Jones and Matt Ryan against uh, the Rams in that Saturday playoff game, I think, a few years back. The 
rainy one or something. Uh, something missing Julio Jones in the end zone. I remember that a little bit. I don't know if that was the Rams, but yeah, okay, it's coming back to me. So it's been if, a, few, a bit for the Falcons. Yeah, if the Falcons win, though, the Falcons will go to eight and eight, and then they mm-hmm. will end their season at home against the Saints. Yeah, they, to your point, yeah. they could wind up being nine and eight, and nine and eight might get you in the playoffs in the NFC. And you want to talk about some a reason to watch a Falcons Saints game? Uh, that one for a wild card spot in Week 18. You want to talk about setting something up? There's got to be one of those that they flex out to the night game for uh, for that week, right? Could be good NFL. Could be good. That's all we're saying. So we'll see. But we're picking Bills because that's where the smart money is. Let's talk about the snow game uh, in Seattle. Um, I don't know about you, Dan, but my I got my shovel workout today because the snow that went through Seattle, I think, went over us today. Uh, yeah. Got a good couple of inches, but uh, that was a fun one to watch. All of these hints at snow games, and then everything was dissipated by the time of kickoff. This one, it was pretty snowy throughout. In fact, as it led up and the cl- and the field cleared, the Bears made their comeback and got the win. Uh, 25-24, it was 17-7 at the half. Um, the Seahawks thought they had him, and I think they let up a little too early. Bears marched down the field with Nick Foles leading, by the way, third stringer this year, Super Bowl uh, MVP and third stringer yeah. Nick Foles. Um, Big Dick Nick. Throws the touchdown pass to previous tight end of the Seahawks, Jimmy Graham. The two-point conversion to Demir Bird was a sight to see. That was an exciting throw, and it eliminates the Seattle Seahawks from the playoffs, you know, mathematically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, I had eliminated them several weeks ago. Several weeks. Uh, you play to win the game, and Matt Nagy basically going, hey, man, I got house money. I'm not going to be the fucking head coach here. I'd like to get a win. I'd like to get a road win in Seattle under my belt and say, hey, look, this is what I can do for your team. Uh, give me a bad quarterback, and I make I can make him look pretty good. Um, Foles had a great game. Foles is a veteran. Um, you know, Foles is a veteran that's played in a lot of shitty weather games. So I think this is actually a good pick. Um, you know, even if it was close with the rookie, I, this is not a bad idea. Uh, get him on the road, hostile environment with a good defense. Yeah, but Seattle just feels like they're quitting a little bit. This is one of the reasons why I think Pete Carroll might be hanging it up. Uh, he seems to have lost interest. Uh, now, that might just be because of the bad luck this year, but it might just be because Pete Carroll's losing interest. Yeah. Re- I mean, Russ Wilson is still very young, and he got his nice extension there and a bunch of money. So I, I don't see that getting blown up as, as much. You know, DK's very young. But other than that, you can change. You could almost start over. You could almost start over in Seattle. So it's very interesting to watch after this. Um, this Pete Carroll talk like, that you brought up in this episode makes sense here after – a game like this, but uh, we'll see. Um, the uh, yeah, the Bears also were also the Bears in this game. How many times they turned the ball over on downs again? I uh, had another fourth and goal earlier in the or very early in this game that they turned over on downs. It was like, oh no, don't do this again because they did that all game long Monday night against the Vikings week prior. But uh, a big win, you know, the Bears fans don't have much to cheer for this season. It was a uh, for. As much that changed heading into this year, it was still a, a step back from playoffs last year. So it it re uh, um, sobers you up here to kind of, where what do we need to do? You know, everyone's getting older. Khalil Mack's getting older on that defense and stuff. So the Bears might need to blow it up and start over too. We might be looking at two teams that look very different after this. 
But this was a great win for me for the Bears because it means the Giants get a worse draft pick. So I loved it. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, but it was a close game too. So I put it in this game to talk about it. Also, the last two of these games are close ones or are were games that were either important for the playoffs or at least close. Um, but first, let's talk about the Detroit Lions coming to Seattle to play the Seahawks. Dan, who are you picking here? Lions at Seahawks. <sighs> Please don't win this, Lions. Please don't win this. I know the Seahawks are <laughs> quitting, but Lions, don't do it. Don't do it. Keep that number one, number two pick. Keep yourself in the running. I'm going to pick the Seahawks uh, to beat a team that desperately needs to draft Aiden Hutchinson. <laughs> I think you're right because I think the uh, Seahawks, you know, since they don't have the first-round draft pick, they got no reason to fully bottom out, and they're going to want to, uh, get that bad taste out of their mouth for Lucid at the Bears. So they'll come in here and win um, and bounce back. So, yeah, I hit the Seahawks win in there as well. Dan, let's talk about the Eagles win. They beat the Giants. Um, it turned out not close by the end, 34-10. to 10. Um, The only reason why I've put it in here for that reason is it was tight until then. It was 3-all at the half. So all of these points came in the second half for both teams pretty much. Um, it not only eliminates the Giants from the playoffs mathematically, uh, like I said, everything broke right for the Eagles here. This win on the uh, backs of the losses to the Niners, Vikings, and Saints meant that the Eagles all of a sudden were catapulted in. Uh, if the season ended today, they'd be playing the Pet Cowboys in the playoffs. Uh, and for me now, they seem like the best bet to make it into the playoffs because of their remaining schedule. Um, they got Washington after this we'll get to. And then who do they have last week, Cowboys? if the Cowboys are playing anybody. Cowboys. Yeah, so that'll be an interesting setup for Week 18. But first, Giants at Eagles. Um, Fromm started, which I was surprised with. I didn't think – I thought it was Glennon uh, until then. But Glennon finished, so whatever. Fromm threw a pick. Glennon did too, but he also had a touchdown. Jalen Hurts had two touchdowns. Um, You had Singleton with his pick six in this game. Because if you look at the Eagles' stats, you go, where the hell did they get 34 points? But they did, and they win this one. Yeah, this is a efficient Eagles win. Once again, Eagles, not scary. Jalen Hurts, kind of scary, but if you got Micah Parsons, not worried about it. Mm. Um, This Eagles offense does not look dangerous they beat up a very bad Giants team um this is what they're supposed to do you're supposed to beat the Giants who are starting Jake fucking from when they come to your house late in the season when you've got a chance to get to the playoffs this tells me nothing about the Eagles it tells me nothing about the Giants I didn't already know um the one thing I will say is good for Jalen Hurts um this is kind of securing his spot no matter what happens they cannot address address the quarterback position in the draft next year it's pointless to do so Jalen Hurts looks like he's going to be the starter for the Eagles this year and uh, at least next year as well yeah I don't know I'm surprised because we talk about how we want to give these quarterbacks a chance here Jalen Hurts seemed like he was put in and told like to everybody he's stopgap don't worry about it he's just a stopgap uh, you know he, he's if he gets in the playoffs here makes any noise he's going to prove that he's not uh obviously the Eagles are still in a precarious situation where, yeah, they they could fall out of this and be in disappointment again. Um, I don't know who all was expecting much from them this year, but uh, playoffs 
is a good is a good ending for their season, even if they are the sacrificial lamb seventh seed. I believe that's their highest ceiling here. So yeah, I'm not getting too excited about them either, especially a win against the Giants at home. They go to Washington. They play the football team, who uh, is on this little slide here. But uh, who do you like in this one, Dan? Because it's an interesting one. <sighs> It is tradition for me not to pick the Eagles, but <laughs> I true. did pick the Eagles the last time they faced Washington. As much as I hate the Eagles, the Washington football team is my blood rival, and they're devastated with injuries, and their defensive linemen hate each other. I'm going to go with the Eagles because what is the theme of this week's show? Make Week 18 interesting. <laughs> you Washington, also picked yeah, the Eagles this last week. You picked them against the Giants. I did. Well, because the Giants are shit. The yeah, Eagles are yeah. they're not shit. I just hate them. I um, also I, I feel like because you're doing well in picks this year and we're tight, you've you've instead of this whole like I'm gonna roll with my uh you know, joke picks of against the Eagles every week and random one. Why not Jaguars? You're thinking about these, you're you're bolted down with these picks. You don't want me to catch you. So you're picking in, pretty smart here. In fairness, if the Eagles were taking the Jaguars this week, I'd go Jaguars. <laughs> okay. Because okay, well. I just this is a division game. I'm I'm allowed to hate equally, so I have to spread the hate between the Giants and the the Washington football team and the Eagles. So in That's this case fair, I'm gonna then. go Eagles and make week nineteen and also think about it this way, Scott. Think about if the Eagles go nine and seven and then the Cowboys crush their fucking dreams <laughs> in week eighteen. How much better is that for me? A million times better. Yeah, yeah. Well, I agree with you. I think the Eagles are will win because Washington, the last couple of losses put Washington behind the eight ball, and I think it 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 really hurts their their chances, and I think they know it. Whereas the Eagles, all of a sudden, they woke up and they're in the dance, perhaps, and I think that'll motivate them enough to get this win on the road. So I'm with you on the Eagles, and then here's a game that might be destined for the two minute no offense unless they give us an overtime. Giants at Bears. Uh, whoo! Two minute no offense right now. Let's just do it. <laughs> um. This, if it's this a, is the Giants have a vested interest <laughs> in losing this game. Isn't that right? For because it's the Bears, right? They get the no, yeah. the Bear, yeah. yeah. So they have a vested interest in losing this game. They also have a vested interest in winning this game. It's the weirdest setup, right? Yeah, if they beat the Bears, they get a better draft pick. If they, you know, lose the Bears, they get a better draft pick. So <laughs> either way, it's it's a monkey paw. Um yeah, I, I don't imagine I don't imagine the Giants winning this, even with Jake Fromm. I, I think Big Dick Nick showed he can beat a team in Seattle. I think the Bears, despite not being very good, are at least pretty healthy at the quarterback position. Uh no matter who plays, um, they're in it. So I'm I'm gonna take the Bears. Yeah, Bears will be ready to play on that soldier field. Giants won't. Um uh, Bears will be feeling good. Uh, about their win and thinking they can they can do it again against a pretty bad Giants team and I think they will so I, I like them as well taking that one because you're right the, what, what are the Giants motivations here um, win or lose we looking like we're going to be in the same spot pick wise um, so let's talk about one last game Dan and that is the Jaguars Jets I put Jaguars Jets in the show this week because why not uh, these are two teams that always get put in the two-minute no offense, and they gave us a game that went right down to the one-foot line to the end of this game. Um, you know, you can't tell me these teams, these guys aren't playing for something. These two young quarterbacks pick one and two head-to-head. So what we saw was uh, 
I, I don't need to talk about Lawrence's stats. Those are where we're talking about. The uh, uh, Zach Wilson, though, had a touchdown passing and a long rushing touchdown of 52 yards, which I want to talk about a little bit. This game went 12-13 Jets at the half. Uh, it was 15-16 to Jets heading into the fourth quarter. It was super tight. It was 21-23 to when the Jaguars got a touchdown and couldn't get the two-point conversion with 5.25 left in this game. And the Jaguars and Lawrence, with a sneak, took it all the way down to the goal line, but they couldn't get it in. Clock ended it, and uh, that's yeah, that's how it... Oh, no, yeah, how they just couldn't get it in and score. They turned it over on downs. Uh, not only did they turn it over on downs, there was also an illegal shift, so even if they had done anything, it wouldn't have fucking mattered. Um, well... Yeah, I mean, they just... Jacksonville's not a good team. New York's not a good team, but this was New York at home. Um, Jacksonville, there's a part of me that's like, maybe Jacksonville kind of threw this game uh, right (laughs) at the end because they, you know, (laughs) Trevor Lawrence clocked the ball on third and goal. Yeah, on a third and goal. Clocked the ball on third and goal. Fuck it, man. Throw a corner route. Throw. There's a very good chance that... Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, first of all, yeah, wasn't ready for that. Or the coaching, you know, and that mess wasn't ready to call it. So there's a chance that's coaching. But you're right. That's a hundred. That's a hundred percent on coaching. You know, yeah, was a mistake. I I can't blame Trevor Lawrence (laughs) for that. But it's like, throw a fucking corner out. Throw a fucking corner out. It's going to take two to three seconds, about as much time as it would take for you to fucking do anything. Throw the fucking corner out. Why did you clock the ball on third and goal at the fucking one? Jesus Christ. Um, so stupid. I do want to talk about the long run by uh, Zach Wilson for the touchdown. Maybe the first guy doesn't get there in time, but it did feel like in the and they talk about this in the like highlights and stuff. It's like, oh, they kept thinking he was going to go out of bounds, but he didn't. As a defender who always gets flagged for hitting a quarterback a split second before he you know is even on the chalk, is that not in your head that this kid, if I lay him out as he's running down the sidelines here, he I'm going to get flagged if he decides to start jolting out of bounds because he sees I'm going to hit him. And he did it twice in that run where he looked like he might go out of bounds. He just stayed in and got in the end zone. And I wonder if you're a Jaguars defense, you're like, uh, I'm going to call like a sportsmanship little foul on that one. What do you think? Um, I... So I don't know if you knew this. In the NCAA, they banned fake slides. In because the, oh, it was a really? Thing that was actually, yeah, it was a thing that was coming up. Is guys were doing like this, like looking like they were going to slide and then popping right up out of it, and uh, it caused the defenders to to do that to be like, oh, that's a fifteen yard penalty. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Um, to a degree, there's a way to tackle the fucking guy, right? There's a way to tackle the fucking guy without blowing his fucking head up. Um, True. Because if you if you're like, hey, I'm just gonna make sure that I'm gonna walk this motherfucker out of bounds. Walk him out of bounds. You don't have to light him up. And that's the problem with a young team like the Jaguars. They're like, oh, I can only light a motherfucker up, or I can miss a tackle. Um, <laughs> there's a third choice, which is wrap and and be considerate and put him the fuck out of bounds. So I I'm not gonna call a sportsmanship foul because it's a young player and it's a bad te- they're bad teams. That's just all it is. <laughs> it's just poorly coached teams. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so this leads us to two more games to discuss here for next week. I don't see them uh, having too much of a uh, you and me picking opposite here. Um, Jaguars at Patriots is the first one. Uh, not a chance the Jaguars win this game. 
No, I'm with you too. I got the Patriots in that one at home because they need it. And Jaguars, why? Uh, and then the Buccaneers going to New York play these Jets. Oh, I if I mean, fuck, I would be thrilled. Actually, I would dislike it because I need a three-way tie. I would dislike it if the Buccaneers lose this game. So I'm really going Buccaneers. Make Week 18 interesting. Go Buccaneers. You are you are cheering for the Buccaneers to win out so you can win out too. So you guys mm-hmm. end in a tie. And as long as the Packers lose one, that's just your three-way there. So Although if I need... have a – I need a three-way tie. If yeah. the Packers lose the next two games, if inexplicably they go, we're sitting Aaron Rodgers till the playoffs – and they lose to the Vikings, and they lose to the Lions, and we wind up with a better record, and we're tied with the Buccaneers. We actually get second seed because the, the Buccaneers, Buccaneers get yeah, because we lost the head-to-head. But if it's a three-way tie, the head-to-head records are out the out right. the gate, and it's just conference, and we have a better conference record if we win these last two games. Technically, couldn't you get that three-way tie with the Rams or the Cardinals? We could, and we have a better conference record than all of them. Oh, well, Cardinals are 10-5, well, and five, we, though. Yeah, you could. We you still could. We couldn't do it with the Cardinals because the Cardinals would be tied with us, and if the Cardinals are tied with us, oh, like, I guess it could, but That's Green where Bay would have to lose. That's where it gets real mess, yeah. Green Bay would have to lose one for us to make a logical tie. Green Bay would have to lose two for us to be tied with the Cardinals, and then so would the fucking Buccaneers. So it'd be, it'd be way too complicated. Yeah, we'll tell you about this time next week, guys. Uh, who will be resting player? Uh, you know, players a whole lot clearer, and who won't be? That's what we'll know. But you're, oh, Dan yeah. makes a big point that there is a chance that the later games and the night games and stuff like that this week are already determined by the time it gets there. So that's something to look for. Uh, but we've done all our picks with all the caveats and everything in place there on the the board for now. We'll see how they go. Uh, The picks uh, for this season has Dan at 151 correct, and I am at 150. So that's where we stand right now. We split again after uh, the dust settled and and all of our switching back and forth based on who was in and who was out. So we'll see how that goes this week too. You know, once kickoff happens, we could all be agreeable on everything, (laughs) you know, some weird way, but – I doubt it. Yeah. Um, okay, Dan, I got a list of crazy stats. How about it? All right. Um, first of all, here we go. I'll give you some Cowboys stuff again. Dak Prescott, uh, you brought it up. He becomes the second quarterback only in history to throw touchdowns in the same game to a wide receiver, running back, tight end, and offensive lineman. Um, let me ask you, do you know who did it first? I'll give you a hint. Shoot. It was an NFC playoff game in 1999. NFC playoff game, 1999. Interesting. Yeah, so it's in our oh. wheelhouse. We would have watched. I remember this okay. game pretty well. Uh, main, Is it Randall Cunningham? It, no, Randall Cunningham was 98. Kurt uh, Warner versus in 99. Uh, Best gotcha. show on turf. Uh, I think we had... Uh, um, Cunningham was out by then. It was uh, Jeff George as <laughs> our quarterback at oh, that point. Oh, yeah, fuck that. Uh, another crazy stat, the Cowboys uh, scored 10 more points on Sunday Night Football than the Giants have in all of December. Because they're shitty. <laughs> 46 points for the Giants in December. Cowboys oh. 56 on that game. So you're welcome. There Yuck. you go. Um, 
Currently, the Jets' first-round pick from the Seahawks for Jamal Adams is pick six, the exact pick Jamal Adams was. That's a fair trade. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, two games left to go, so that'll move around, but currently it works. Could go better. Joe Burrow becomes the first Bengals QB ever to throw for 500 or more yards. So congrats, Joe Burrow. That stat is still great. And then the Ravens complaining about it after the game. You hear about this? And, and no. uh, so uh, Harbaugh uh, was a little upset because they kept throwing the ball there late in the game. And it's like, Harbaugh, what, <laughs> weren't you guys just like a month ago running it, the ball because you wanted a record? Like, it's all this like chasing a record thing at the end of the game stuff. And the Bengals certainly did it, but stop them then, you know, stop them. So. I, I wonder, I'm not defending John Harbaugh at all because that is hypocritical bullshit, but there's a part of you that, like, as a head coach, your job is not to be uh, a, the beacon of moral fortitude. Your job is to tune your fucking team up, yeah. you know? And if you're like, hey, remember this, hate hate them in your blood. Let's win these next two games and, and play them in the playoffs. That's what you're really trying to do. That's a good point because they got trounced by these Bengals both times the Ravens did, and if they see them in the playoffs, I 100% Expect an entirely different game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more crazy stat. Finally, the Bills become the first team ever to never punt versus Bill Belichick. That is 474 games, including the playoffs. That is an insane stat. Right? To not I think, have to punt against the greatest head coach of all time. Jesus. I think the Bills were going for it on fourth down a lot. I think they were, they were very, very aggressive in this game. But it worked. It certainly worked. Those... Excuse me. Those are my crazy stats, Dan. Uh, we've been verbose in this one, but I've been having a good time. So uh, let's wrap us up. Do you have any parting words of wisdom? If I was running for office right now, my slogan would be make week, week 18 interesting. <laughs> that is all I would say. The NFL, rigged or not, is setting themselves up for a fucking fun week 18. Let's not look past week 17 because there's like five or six games in this that are an absolute thriller. They're going to be fucking fantastic. But we are in playoff mode now. Um, week 18, you might be resting, but most teams are going to be having something to play for. And uh, most records aren't, you know, in danger of falling, but watch out for that Cooper Cup, man. Uh, Matt Stafford might be forcing him a couple balls here um, towards the end of the year to try to get some records. Yep. End of the year it is. Folks, this is our last time we're going to speak to you in the year 2021. Everybody have a safe and happy new year. Uh, you know, if you're going to be out partying or, you know, just stay home, stay away from that that, that infectious disease. Um, this is also, you know, we already said goodbye to Thursday Night Football. This is our week to say goodbye to Monday Night Football. Last game for Monday Night Football, too. I guess there is no Saturday games this week, and that yep. would mean none next week, too. So, uh, yeah, you're right. It's, it's all winding down, so... Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us another week. You enjoy those games on Sunday. I am Scott. And this is Dan. We will see you in 2022. Goodbye. Goodbye.